you can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And we're going to start things out here uh, with a special guest. His name is Jim Dunsing. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Jim, are you with us? Yes, and you are pronouncing it correctly. Okay, excellent. And you're out in uh, Nevada, is that right? That's correct. And it's nice that uh, you're still alive because we actually talked about you on the program a few weeks ago when I guess you were shot. I don't know if this happened a few weeks ago or when that actually occurred, but at it, some point... It happened October 29th. October 29th. It, it, was, uh, it was four weeks exactly on Thanksgiving. It was my understanding that you were shot in the back by a courageous police officer, one of the finest uh, in, <laughs> in Nevada. Why don't you tell the, uh, the story for our listeners who haven't heard it before? Well, I, I was shot from behind, but the bullets didn't actually enter my back. Um, after I've now seen the, a little bit of the discovery, uh, the, it looks like the first shot hit me right by the. He was. I was running straight down the sidewalk, and if I'm the 12 o'clock position, right, he's probably about four o'clock by his testimony. I never saw him, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the first round went in my um, right by my belly button, um, blew out my left abs, and exited. On my left side, it kind of, you know, careened inside there. Jeez. Somehow missed all the vital organs. The second shot went, uh, you know, right on my rib cage. Um, it went underneath my right pec muscle, bounced off my sternum, and then out underneath my left pec, uh, which, again, missed all the vital organs by a millimeter. Um, the third shot hit my uh, left elbow actually hit the humerus just above the left elbow, shattering the humerus um, when it was all the way behind me on a, as I was running down the street. And that's the first thing I noticed, well, the first first indication I had that I was shot. Until then, um, I thought I was hit with another taser. Hmm. Uh, but let me back up for your audience who didn't hear the show a month ago. Um, yeah, why were you running my... from the police, I guess, is what most people are probably wondering right now. Well, because I was hit by 50,000 volts of a taser while trying to talk to the police. Um, I was standing at my car door. The car door is open. Uh, I'm standing there with my hands over my head talking to the cop about my misdemeanor traffic tickets. And uh, he told me to put my hands on the car. And I told him no because I was still trying to talk to him. He told me to put my hands up, which I did. So now I'm standing there with my hands over my head trying to have a conversation. Uh, neither one of us had raised our voice at this point. Uh, and the next thing he says is, put your hands on the car, or I'm going to tase you. And now I'm looking at the the business end of a taser, right? I'm looking right mm-hmm. down what would be the barrel of the taser. And I've still got my hands up, and, and I'm thinking, there's no way that you're allowed. I mean, I'm a lawyer. I know you're not allowed to use lethal force on somebody for talking with their hands over their head, right? It's just a yeah. – I'm, I'm sure he, he threatens that kind of thing all the time to try to get compliance out of people, but, but – so what I tell him is, you're not going to tase me. You know, I just, I, I still, to this day, can't imagine the idea that you're trying to talk to somebody and they use lethal force on you. 
That's just how they do it. I mean, they have uh, what they call pain compliance, and uh, these police departments that originally adopted the taser to utilize in situations where they otherwise would have to use deadly force in order to avoid perhaps putting someone to death uh, was the original intent, as I understand it, behind adopting the taser. But now it's essentially turned into a cattle prod where if you don't jump, when they say jump, or you don't do what they say to do when they say to do it, they'll just zap you. And isn't uh, the taser sort of, uh, for you, isn't it a, a lethal weapon, Jim? Well, for me and for healthy people, I mean, I've had, like you guys probably know by now, um, heart complications since my premature birth. Um, but it, the tasers kill normal people, otherwise healthy young adults, and they don't know why. Mm. I mean, it kills the old and the they tase the 10-year-old girl that, that, you know, people are emailing me stories about tasers now. Um, a week or two ago, they, they tased a 10-year-old girl. Uh, with one of these things, and I'm surprised she lived through it, but she did. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're using these things, like you said, like some kind of a, a shock collar device for obedience training. You know, it, it, when they first came out with it, it was for somebody with a baseball bat or a knife or some kind of contact weapon, and it, you can use this instead of shooting them four times. And, you know, now they're using it for a compliance tool. But at any rate, um, I had my hands over my head. He's at me. I said, you're not going to tase me. He said, three, two, and where there should have been a one, he pressed the trigger. Uh, and he was just about arm's reach distance from me, um, two or three feet away. The pr- both prongs hit me in the center of the, the chest, right in the sternum. And he was standing in front of me. The car door was to my right. And so I turned to my left and moved towards the, the back bumper of the, the vehicle, just away from that taser gun. And, you know, your, your conception of time is altered when you're getting shocked like this. Sure. So I don't really know how long it took me to get from the front door to the back bumper. But by the time I got to the back bumper, I had reached up and pulled the prongs away from my heart. And then I felt the juice in both arms up to my elbows. Um, and then I went around the car up to the sidewalk, and I'm running down the sidewalk. There's a wall to my left and a street to my right. Um, and then actually down, you know, 75 yards or so is, if that is a, another police officer on a motorcycle who had pulled somebody else over for the same traffic violation. Mm-hmm. I had just been pulled over for driving straight to a right turn only lane. Um, <laughs> now, this this is the, the, the part that I just don't understand about all this is, I, I, I think the cops are allowed, at least in some states, to shoot a felon in the back, a person who has committed a felony. As like they, right then, you mean? Yeah, right then. Like, you know, they rob a bank, they're running down the street, the cop can cap them in the back. Gen- and it's legal. I think generally if there's a reason, a reason to believe that public true. safety is, if, there, if there's a life at risk, then I've... Right, it's them- a combination. It's, it's the case you're thinking of as Tennessee versus Garner, where they can, they can shoot a fleeing felony suspect, um, but they've got a... They've got to articulate that he was a, you know, imminent threat to someone's life. Okay. And it, it's a, it's a fairly narrow exception, uh, and it does definitely doesn't apply to a traffic ticket. So so what it sounds uh, to me like no, here, it doesn't. right? I mean, you were you went in the wrong lane and were shot almost, you know, you were shot three times because you uh, had a traffic uh, violation. I mean, it's well, really was, crazy. I, they use they use lethal force on me five times. The first time was the taser with my hands over my head at the car door. Mm-hmm. The second time was when I'm on the sidewalk 
uh, the same guy who shot me the first time pressed the trigger on the taser again. It didn't shock me that time. I don't know if I had pulled the cords out of the gun or if there just wasn't contact or whatever, but I heard it crackle hmm. and didn't feel another shock. Um, and then the, obviously the three bullets are the other three instances of lethal force. Do you think, like, it sounds to me like you've got an ironclad case, but then again, we've seen in so many instances where the police have literally gotten away with murder. And get a medal. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you have any chance of uh, of seeing any kind of justice? I think the charges are going to be dropped, and then I think the civil suit is going to be huge. Um, I've, I've now, last Wednesday, got a little bit of the discovery, and luckily there were several non-cop witnesses who saw this, all their statements weren't taken by the police. The police told several witnesses to go away. <laughs> Interesting. Um, they didn't want to take their statements. But, uh, you know, the, the police that, that were on the scene, the, the, the one cop that, that pulled over the uh, the other individual, or actually the, the mother and daughter, uh, for the same traffic offense, 75 or so yards behind my, my vehicle, um, he actually pulled my gun out of my pocket. Or he... he, he after the, the officer shot me in the back, uh, I turned and looked at my left arm. And it was at that point that I realized I was shot because it, it was just little pops. And mm -hmm. it, I, I couldn't conceptualize that I was going to get shot while I was running because I was thinking about, you know, running around the car and down the street and away from the psycho. Jim, if you've got a few more uh, moments, I'd like to bring you back here. Is that all right? Sure. All right, hang on. More with Jim uh, Dunsing in uh, moments, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Shot by the cops for a traffic violation. You can bring up what you want. Maybe you've got a question for Jim. Uh, more in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site. They include our Facebook profile, the Facebook fan page, which is now, I've decided to move it back to the fan page. Uh, I think what we'll do, Mark, is... <laughs> we are such consistent guys. We are going to have it on the... Uh, the Facebook.freetalklive.com will point at our fan page for 11 months out of the year, and then during the Podcast Awards month, we'll switch it over to the other Facebook thing that we have, the Facebook group, because there's apparently a difference between the fan page and the group, but it's a very minor difference, but yet one that becomes important one month out of the year. So I hope I've explained myself. Anyway, facebook.freetalklive.com. Become a fan. It's free. And have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should have by now. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. That's FrontSight.com. We're actually on the line with uh, Jim Dusing here. Dunsing? I'm sorry. Dunsing. Jim, Jim Dunsing. Uh, you're back with us. And in fact, Jim, are you affiliated with, with uh, FrontSight.com? Uh, I'm I'm an instructor at Frontsight. 
I'm actually on injured reserve until my arm heals. But, uh, yeah, I'm an instructor out there. Excellent. Is, 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 the, is it really the best training in the world, just out of curiosity? Uh, we train more people than any other organization in the world, and, yeah, I think it is. That's fantastic. So we are not actually don't have you here to talk about Front Sight. We have you here to talk about the incident that involved you and at least one other cop uh, shooting you in the back three times after, att- after tasering you. Um, it was absolutely outrageous. You were pulled over for just a minor traffic violation, and you ended up with uh, three bullet holes in your body. Luckily, they didn't, the bullets didn't strike any vital organs, which the odds would seem to be pretty slim against that, so I'm pretty fortunate in that, in that manner. Are you able to, uh, to move around? Are you bedridden, or what's your, your health status right now? Uh, I, I, was, I was bedridden in the hospital for a week or so, but I'm up and around now. I mean, I'm, I'm missing part of my left ab, so oh. my back muscles and, and other muscles have to you know, pick up for that. Um, wow. The, my, my right pack is... A lot less swollen than it has been for the last month, but it's still quite sore. Uh, there's a, still a wound channel there underneath the muscle. Uh, coughing and sneezing is incredibly painful. Uh, okay. and you, um, you said you will be filing a civic lawsuit uh, or civil lawsuit against the police department, correct? Uh, against the office of the department, probably Taser International. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be a large one because of all the different mistakes they made in this. I mean, you can't. If you can, if you can electrocute somebody for talking to a cop with their hands over their head, what can they not do? Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm just out of curiosity here. I, I guess I missed this part of the story. Was it the same uh, paragon of discretion that decided to tase you while your hands were over your head as the same guy that decided to uh, put three holes in you as you were, uh, you know, running or um, run, trying to run away from this taser? Is that the same guy? Yeah. The, the- the other officer on the scene uh, who wasn't really involved in my traffic stop until he noticed me running down the sidewalk, um, he was standing next to the car. He pulled over with his hands at his side until after the shots were fired. And then he came up. Well, I started to tell you before the break. I, I turned and, and looked at my left arm and realized that I'd been shot. And, and as a firearm instructor, knowing that I'd been shot from that close, from behind, you know, I thought the chances of survival were quite small. And all, I mean, that, that thought process probably took a tenth of a second, but all of it came at once. And then I turned to my right, and the shooter was up on the sidewalk at that point with his gun pointed at me at, uh, you know, from his hip. And again, he's about arm, arm's reach distance away. And I remember looking down at the barrel of his gun, and, and it was, I thought when I, when I saw it, they, after I came out of surgery, the detention officer asked me what kind of gun it was, and I, I told him, well, I think it was a, a forty-five. I think it was probably even an H&K, but, you know, that's, that's, it's a fairly odd gun. It's a heavy heavy gun. It's kind of difficult to operate. It's got um, some selection levers that, that there's not really a problem with them. They're just more complicated to use than, than most people like, um, and it's rare, so I didn't really think that. I thought there was probably something I was seeing wrong because, you know, barrels and guns always look bigger when they're pointed at you. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, I'll take your word for it. Thankfully, I, <laughs> I can't say that's, uh, that's happened too often. So uh, so you said they, the cops dropped all the charges, even the traffic ticket? Did you say uh, that? No, the, the charges have not yet been dropped, oh, okay. but I expect they will be. What, what are the charges uh, right now? Uh, right, right now, the charge is resisting with a weapon, which is a felony charge carrying one to four years. Um, resisting with a weapon? So that way, that means that you had a gun on you, not that you were necessarily brandishing it in front of the police. 
No, in order to be convicted of that, you've got to actually use the gun to get away. Mm. Um, but even the guy who shot me in his debrief said I never pulled it out of my pocket. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, I hope you've got that written um, down with his signature yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the eyewitnesses saw, you know, said that I was just running and he shot me in the back. Well, it seems and, like you've got an ironclad case, though we've seen the police manage to uh, wriggle out of all kinds of situations. I, I hope you're right, and I hope that you manage to nail him to the wall for this and that uh, you, you get a decent settlement out of it and then use that to, I don't know, whatever you want, advance at, liberty? or At the very least, it sounds like I, I wouldn't be too worried in your position about actually facing those charges against you. I, I have a feeling that... Yeah, but will he win the lawsuit? That's the well, question. That is a big question, and I don't think that's as certain, but I... It, I think it's a good case. Jim, was there anything else yeah, about I'm, this that I'm you wanted to share? I'll, I'll win both. Uh, yeah, if, if you did happen to see this, if you're on that intersection, uh, send an email to info at potterlawoffices.com or give them a call at 702-385-1954 because the police sent several witnesses away. Um, if you did see this, and, you've, and there's some that have commented on the RJ site, there's some that have commenting on blogs and whatnot. If you did see this and you're listening, uh, send an email, make a phone call. Uh, we could use your testimony. Great, Jim. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, are you involved in anything else besides Frontside? I heard that you were maybe a Libertarian Party guy or something like that. What do you? What else are you doing? I'm, 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 well, I'm, I've got a, a small role in a local Libertarian Party, but right now most of my focus is on my campaign to remove Harry Reid from office. I'm running against him for U.S. Senate. The website for that campaign is hellforharry.com. Very good, Jim. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to sit in here on Free Talk Live and, and tell your story from your perspective. It sounds uh, that uh, like you might have a chance at actually winning in this case, and uh, I hope that you'll let us know what happens. You got it, Mark. Come back anytime. Thanks, Jim. Take it easy. All right, 800-259-9231. I think he thought he was talking with you the whole time. Well, he, he probably uh, you know, assumed that I'm the big guy on the show. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the, the, the one doing the most talking. You are the, the big talking, guy on the show. Right, the fat one. Well, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, so you can bring up anything. We go on screen to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, this is Matt from Illinois. Matt, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to make a little comment on this uh, This guy getting shot with the, uh, with the, when he got shot with the tasers. Yes, sir. Um, he apparently got lucky. I, I recently read in uh, at Freedom's Phoenix, I read the story where the taser guns have apparently been designed to hit in the chest, in the groin area. And that is a reason why people are dying, according to this guy that wrote the... Uh, I hope you can give me a little more information on that. We're going to put you on hold and bring it back in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up... How not to do uh, activism. We'll uh, share some clips with you or share a clip with you. Uh, and, well, we'll critique. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. I love the British Sovereign. It's about a quarter ounce, which is usable for a gold coin. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold. Dot freetalklive.com. 
The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, and those features include our chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com. And you'll find people in there usually during the show, but it's also open all day and all night long. So chat.freetalklive.com, and it's free. Manchester Brewing, brewer of John Thomas Red, now available in a strap-on edition for hikers. I didn't get any of those in my uh, my recent case. So I was Why do you think that it. was? Maybe you have to special order the strap-on. No, I I, I think the, the, oh, the strap-on? So you yeah. got the John Thomas Red. Right, right. Just well, since looking for the most of your cases um, come through me, it's likely you won't be getting much more John Thomas Red. Why is that your favorite? Yeah, I pretty much decided that's my favorite. That's the strap-on part kind of disturbs me. That's, that, that, that's not fair. How come you get first pick? Um, fair, fair, fair is a lie that somebody told you <laughs> when you were young. I think I'm going to have them all delivered here, and then I'll take my pick first. Uh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. I, well, I, 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 you know, I've seen what you eat. It's not like you've got active taste buds. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Anyway, we're going to go back to your calls here. It's great beer. I, I just put a couple really, in the fridge for really tonight. It really is. Actually. Although I can really only handle one. Right. <laughs> Warning to, 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 to amateur beer drinkers. This is yeah. not <laughs> beer that you could just slam or anything. like. This is probably a, a, a higher alcohol content, in my opinion. I don't know for sure. I don't know either. But than I, than one your of average them... beer. And I, I you know... <laughs> I've ha- having had it and being something of a beer snob myself, it it would definitely depend on which one you're drinking. But yes, it's a higher alcohol content than say, Coors or did you, Bud Light. Did you have you drank two of these bottles in a row? Uh, no, but you can catch a pretty decent buzz. They're big bottles. One so, bottle, I am uh, quite satisfied. By the time I get down to about mm, uh, a fourth or a fifth left, I am pretty tipsy and. Well, you know, I got to at the at the 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 chance of of sounding uh, not as masculine as I should here. I actually had for the first time two bottles of uh, John Thomas Red last night. Oh my! And ended up uh, uh, weeping <laughs> over um, Silver Thunderbird by is it Richard Cohen on my wife's shoulders. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that song. Should we pull it up? Um, you know, if there's a God up in heaven, he drives a silver thunderbird. No, You cried over the song? I absolutely did. I wept. Well, you probably had too much beer. Though. I absolutely did. <laughs> on, my, on my wife's shoulder. It was very sad. All right. We've been uh, w- making uh, Matt wait here in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live, and you were telling us about the taser. You had just barely gotten into what you had to say, so if you would start to start over, if you would. Um, okay. I, I read a uh, – the gentleman that you were talking to had mentioned that, that they didn't know – they don't – the, the police don't know why so many people are dying with um, when they get shot by tasers. And I read an article from Freedoms Phoenix that uh, the, the gentleman that wrote it had a, um, an interesting theory as to why this is happening. And what had happened when these things were first designed is that they were only designed with 20,000 volts, mm-hmm. and the barbs were designed to, to go not very far apart. And the police complained that this didn't have enough stopping <clears throat> stopping power. So they redesigned the barbs so that it was designed so that if you aimed at the chest, uh, at the sternum, one would go into the sternum and the other one would go into the groin area. And then they upped the, the voltage to 50,000. And this sends a, uh, uh, 
the electricity goes through through uh, in a male through the uh, scrotum or or the penis up the spinal cord and out through the heart. And according to him, this causes enough pain uh, to to put somebody into shock and cause a heart attack. It it sounds brutal. I can tell you that I've touched one of those little uh, shotgun things. They're not not tasers, but just one of those little what do you call them? Uh, stun guns. And I've touched that for a, a fraction of a second, and that was enough for I've me. I've been hit with one of those for two or three seconds, really? but the voltage was pretty low, ten or twenty thousand, I think, and it's not pleasant. No, certainly not. And uh, so what you're saying is that when they spaced the uh, the little uh, points of contact out, it means that the electricity has to travel further through your body in order to leave it. Correct. Right, it, and and it's causing because it's going into an area that's particularly sensitive. It's causing a lot more pain, mm. and uh, you know, pain is what causes the human body to shut down in a, in a state of shock. And if the body shuts down in a state of shock, you're taking the chance of of a heart attack and all kinds of other things. So when yeah. the, when this gentleman uh, was describing how he got shot, he said both the barbs were in his chest. So I don't know if it was because the officer wasn't far enough away or what, but he apparently got lucky. Yeah, he did uh, say that, that the officer that, was at, I think, just over arm's length away, so he was not not far away, that's for sure. Matt, thanks so, for the info so, tonight. Any other thoughts? Um, I was just going to say that's why um, th- this story, it was, it was particularly brutal. They talked about one gentleman who got shot with uh, three of these things at once. Jeez. And two of them hit just like they were supposed to in the groin and in the in the chest, and uh, and then they so they sent a hundred thousand volts of electricity through them, and then a fourth cop and a third cop hit him in the hand, arm, and arm, and a fourth cop jammed the thing into his groin and pulled the trigger, oh. sending an additional fifty thousand volts, and, and now the guy is is, uh, is sexually useless. He has, he, has, he has no feeling down there at all. Good He's Lord. Destroyed. Thanks for the call tonight, Matt. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. They don't care. They don't have to feel the pain. They want you to suffer, and they're not interested in justice. They're interested in, in hurting people, these sadists. Not all cops. Uh, but there are some cops that are certainly more sadistic than others, and I think it's the sadistic ones that are more likely than others to pull their taser out and use it. Because we read a story once about a guy that refused to follow certain orders that he was given to use force on people because he didn't think it was right by their own policy, by the police policy. This I think it was a rookie down in Austin. He said, well, I'm not going to do that because uh, this guy isn't – it was against an old man or something. Yeah, it's like 89 or something like, like that. No, it, uh, no, we don't need to use the taser in this instance, and they went after him for it. The cops went after the new cop, the rookie cop, for refusing to just blindly follow orders. Just like they went after our friend uh, Brad Jardis, who we're actually going to talk to here in a little bit, uh, because he decided to take a, a, a position that broke rank that he decided to uh, to be out publicly against prohibition, and he went on trial last night, if you will. He went up in front of the uh, the selectmen in the town in which he works uh, for, and he was essentially at a termination hearing. They were trying to can him over. They didn't say it explicitly, the reason why. They didn't say the reason is because he's a member of law enforcement against prohibition, but that's when all the trouble started. So we'll uh, we'll get to the details on that here in a little bit. Let's go in the meantime. Uh, again, unscreened call on the amp line. 
You are on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Hello, caller. Going once. Caller going twice. Okay, let's try this call. Paul from Los Angeles. Hello? Hello? Who is this? Uh, it's Paul from Los Angeles. Paul, you're on the air. Oh, great. I just want to talk briefly about how I, something occurred to me today, and uh, it's how the people these days tend to treat certain aspects of government like kind of like ancient gods, uh, Greek or Roman gods. And, the, the, you know, in the, in the, ancient, the ancient gods, the way it worked is you would make a sacrifice to, say, uh, ensure prosperity. And if you didn't have prosperity, then that was because your sacrifice wasn't good enough. Mm. And if you did have prosperity, it was because of the sacrifice. It was because of the God. And so the three areas that I see this happening, at least nowadays, is uh, security and financial prosperity and uh, fertility. So we have the Fed, and if we have a depression, then it's because the Fed didn't do enough to intervene. And if we avert a depression, it's because the Fed, because of the Fed's action. Uh, another example is in security. If we have a terrorist attack, it's because of all these great. It's because we we haven't had enough of these draconian laws to, mm. uh, you know, to have uh, warrantless wiretaps right. or uh, foreign interventions. If we if we don't have a terrorist attack, it's because of those things. All of and, them ex- uh, excuses to ex- to grow the government. You're right. Exactly, and it's totally irrational because no matter what you observe, uh, you know, no matter the observed result, you're always going to attribute it. So it's going to strengthen your faith in that God. Well and said, that's the tonight, way, Paul. You know, neocons react. I appreciate the call. Thank you for the thoughts at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. Still to come here, we'll uh, check in with Bradley Jardis, law enforcement against prohibition member. I think probably the most courageous cop, maybe in all of the United States, maybe maybe further. At least than the that. ones okay. that you that we know. Yeah, more coming up here. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. If you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we could use your vote. Except this time it's not in the podcast awards because the voting in that has closed. They'll be announcing the winners, I think, within the next uh, two weeks, believe yeah i think so it's december 13th we'll let you know when we hear about that and thank you to everybody that did vote there but now we're back to our usual once a month voting request uh from podcast where they have a, a top 10 list of podcasts and we thankfully thanks to your votes are number one on that list month after month last month it was a particularly difficult month for free talk live but we pulled through at the very end, and we did manage to uh, to remain at the number one slot and finish up that month. So we so now it's a new month. The voting totals have been reset, and that means that we would like you to go to vote for us again at vote.freetalklive.com. You just need your email address. It's used for verification purposes to make sure that you are a, a real life human being at vote.freetalklive.com. And I'd like to, uh, you know, last month was very difficult. Um, there was there was cheating going on for a podcast called Double Feature. And I still don't believe that uh, that they were cheating. 
Um, well, yeah. The, you, you are accusing them of cheating. I, right? I accused them of cheating, and in that area, I was wrong. Um, the what I believe my I believe that the cheating was going on. I can't, can't prove it. How could you prove it? And we discussed that the other night. Right. But um, I got a, an email from the guy uh, over there, Nicholas uh, Deverdi, and he didn't like being accused of cheating, and he said he didn't, and and he showed me, and he you know gave me some proof as best he could. He said that our listeners were in fact cheating, and I think really it was probably just one person. But you know that's that's my assumption because of the way the patterns were going on. Mm. Um, but it, it, he said his email satisfied me that he wasn't doing it, and so I'd like to make a public apology to Nicholas and um, you know over there at uh, Double Feature. Um, I so told you you were jumping to conclusions. Mark. I did jump to a conclusion. And it turns out I it believe was just myself some, to have been right about the cheating. I, it was just one of the trolls on the Free Talk Live BBS that was doing it. Right? Yeah, what a surprise! At least one of the trolls. Yeah, maybe there, maybe there were two or three. Could have been a team of trolls, band of trolls. Right. What do you, what do you call that? Is there a term for uh, multiple trolls it's beyond an, trolls? I mean, because it's an ugly. Oh, really? It's a grunt, a grunt of trolls. Grunt of trolls. Interesting. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So uh, give that guy a plug. Whoever the uh, the second one, the double feature. Yeah, double feature is the name of the podcast. And I, you know, they're over in the Chicago land, and I, it, it's a couple of guys talk about uh, movies and that kind of thing. Um, you know, they, I saw them. Re- they reviewed Escape from L.A. It can't be all bad. <laughs> they, you know, I mean, they 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 pick their favorite movies, and you got to appreciate people that, that pick their favorite movies. So all right. anyway, so toll free number here tonight is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one two. Your phone calls. We go to Jake and you. Utah, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jake. Hey, what's up, guys? What's on your hey, mind tonight? Up, guys? You are, you hey, I'm a little behind on probably the topic because I get your podcast a few days after, but uh, kind of going back to the whole Glenn Beck issue, I was listening to it on my way to work today. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely listening to him. I'm not saying that he is, you know, a full-blown libertarian. I think for the most part, he does say he's conservative libertarian leaning and so i think that probably characterizes them a little bit better um i definitely think through a lot of the books he references and everything kind of sparked my interest and got my mindset more on to the ideas of liberty and definitely brought me back to, toward like you guys and everything and listening quite a bit mm-hmm. so i mean that's about it i'm just saying there is some and, and the other thing i know you had mentioned uh the Mormons uh, have actually, they've had leadership come out and say that they're opposed to capital punishment. Um, I did look into it a bit, and I'm not sure where you guys got that information that from. Was but Mark, the, Mark, did you say what, that? Oh, hold on. You're saying that Mormons, that uh, the Mormon religion uh, doesn't uh, sort of you know, say that capital punishment is wrong? I'm saying that there's been no stance on it, no official stance from the church. Now, occasionally, I mean, people will come out and say things about it, but there's no stance on it. Huh. Well, uh, you know, it, it, I don't even, I can't, I've, I've believed what I was saying about Glenn Beck for so long, I can't even tell you where I got the information. So um, I'm of the opinion, I was of the opinion that Mormons were against capital punishment. It was my understanding that at least at one point the state of Utah had execution by firing squad because... And this is this is my recollection from watching a documentary on capital punishment that the Mormon faith actually somewhere in the Book of Mormon makes a reference to blood for blood. And so at one point, I believe the stance of the church was pro capital punishment. 
So, uh, so maybe, Mark, it, it was your impression that Mormons in general are against capital punishment, but what, uh, what I'm hearing... Well, what I hear Glenn Beck say is if you hear him talk about uh, capital punishment, and every time I've heard him say it, and I don't listen, I don't comb through his archives or anything like that, I've got better things to do, but when I hear him talk about it, he'll say, if you believe in capital punishment, not, and, and then continue to talk about it in, in sort of a, a pro way, so he doesn't come out and say uh, that, he doesn't, that he believes in it one way or the other, which I, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you believe in it, come out and say it. If you don't believe in it, yeah. come out and say it. Don't, don't, don't have to. Yeah. Hey, right. Jake, are, right. would you, would you... I, I, I do think he gives a uh, perception that he is for it, but. But maybe he's not, is what Mark is saying, that he gives a perception that he's for it, but he, point of fact, may not be. So now what you're saying is that the the official stance of the Mormon church, that there is none on capital punishment, that they're not for or against it? Correct. So that doesn't necessarily mean... for most, I mean, political issues as well. I, yeah. I mean, they stand, you know, they don't have an official viewpoint, and they think that for everyone to kind of, you know, decide for themselves and I, go... Yeah, I think that's a smart position that. to take uh, as a church. That way you can get more people in your uh, front doors and have them contribute to you if you're not taking positions on issues like that, which are very divisive by their nature. I think that's, uh, that's a smart thing to do. So it's certainly then still entirely possible, Mark, that your statement could be correct, and that is that Mormons are against capital punishment. It's possible that's true, you know, just as a general statement about most Mormons, maybe there's just kind of a uh, theme of people not being in favor of capital punishment, but it's, I guess, what, what has been called in the question here uh, tonight is whether or not the church supports it, and it sounds exactly. like they don't. Exactly, I mean, I know people for and against it that are Mormons, so. Very good, Jake, and you are in Utah, so uh, you would know, and anything else you want to share with us tonight? <laughs> That's about it. I do appreciate you guys' show. I think it's great, and I, I do think that Glenn Beck eventually led me toward the ideas of liberty. So great. Well, glad to hear it, and and I'm I'm glad to hear positive things coming out of uh, his transition. I thank you for the call tonight at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. He's got a ways to go, though. Uh, per- personally, the the individual uh, known as Glenn Beck. He I don't think he's even close to being someone you could describe as a libertarian, but clearly he wants to describe himself that way. So. What can you do about that, right? Uh, we'll take we'll take the good and leave the bad. Let's continue with Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Ah, good evening. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, agree with your comment about the in police officers when they're tasered. Uh, you know, they have no problem tasering people pro- peacefully protesting the war. Uh, and I remember watching a video on the internet that was done by the Pittsburgh police. Uh, you know, in Pittsburgh at the recruiting station for the armed services on the south side and also on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh. And you can hear the students screaming, please stop, please stop, and the police just continue to tase and tase and tase. And, uh, you know, maybe it will take a few of these uh, desensitizations in, you know, uh, uh, painful areas before, uh, you know, our thin blue line starts to, uh, you know, think about what they're doing with this uh, unproven technology that really can kill and cause heart attacks and seizures and all sorts of things. You know, it's not a harmless, uh, non-lethal weapon. In many cases, these are lethal. Absolutely. And uh, it reminds me of the Rodney King incident where we saw on video back in, uh, I guess it was, what, 1991 or 1992, uh, all the police beating him up as he's down, you know, just sort of uh, vibrating from the forces of the police batons and the mm-hmm. kicks. And uh, 
you know, that's certainly not what the American taxpayers uh, uh, deserve after paying, you know, all the taxes for the police departments and the federal taxes that are paid, uh, you know, and we have the federal agencies and all sorts of things. I mean, I think it's time for people to... Uh, you know, demand an end to this brutality. And well, uh, that's nice, but how is that going to convince them to do anything differently? I mean, well, as you long can as demand more everything have you want. Tasers, it's sort of like you know, with the police. Uh, one thing that's interesting is people are still allowed to have you know, bear the right to bear arms as long as people are armed. Uh, police and other uh, people that are armed are going to think twice about what they're doing. It's one thing when you have a population that has no way to defend themselves. And you can be as brutal as can be. Just look at the former Soviet Union and look at Nazi Germany, fascist Italy, uh, you know, where you have repressive totalitarian regimes. And we're getting to that way in this country, and I fear it. I see, you know, many of our constitutional rights have been abrogated. Mm -hmm. Many laws violate the Constitution, yet the, the federal judiciary seems to uphold them. I just, think, I, think I just think, Frank, that you need to go beyond demanding, because people have been demanding things for a long time about the government changing its behavior and becoming less tyrannical, but it hasn't really changed anything. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, and I'm not suggesting violence. I'm suggesting non-cooperation and just not going along with it anymore, just refusing to pay for this police state. 800-259-9231. Speaking of the cops, we'll talk to one of them here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch here into the second hour of the program, you can take control of the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us in Free Talk Live. com. We're going to start things out here uh, with another guest, which is very unusual at Honestly, we double-booked, and it was a complete accident. But uh, he's here with us, and I was hoping we could have him last night after his trial or his hearing or whatever it was called. Brad Jardis is here from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, one of the only cops in the country who actually has the courage to join Law Enforcement Against Prohibition while still on duty as a cop. And boy, did they go after you for it, didn't they, Brad? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, yes, they certainly did. Uh, my police chief... Uh, recommended to the Board of Selectmen that I be fired, and that's what the hearing was for last night. Now, now, you were a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition a few years ago when I first met you. 
Yeah, I, I've been active uh, in LEAP, I think, since 2004. But this year in February, uh, on February 22nd, the um, the state's largest uh, conservative newspaper, and I think the largest newspaper in general, ran a story, and the title of it was Opposing the Drug Laws They Enforce, and it featured me and two county jail superintendents. And uh, the article identified that I worked for the town of Epping, New Hampshire, and uh, once that happened, uh, I started getting uh, mistreated by members of the command staff. Um, that was, and, and, I mean, that it, was the first time in your history of being with law enforcement against prohibition that it was ever revealed which police department you worked for publicly, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would never go out and purport to speak for anyone other than myself and leap. And, I, you know, it's not appropriate to say, oh, I work here. You know, I, I would say, look, I've been a police officer for uh, well, now over 11 years uh, in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and let me tell you what I've learned and why what we're doing is just creating all sorts of problems and treating people unfairly. So, uh, you know, I, I, I try to be very uh, diplomatic about it and just say I'm a guy who lives in the state who uh, has some experience in this area. Absolutely. So they finally decided to uh, to target you for retaliation because you are a law enforcement against prohibition officer, which means that you'd understand you've come to the conclusion that the war on drugs is hurting more people than it's possibly helping. It's doing real significant damage, more damage than the actual drugs themselves, more damage than overdosing from drugs. And there's we could go on and on on the prohibition topic, and we certainly have in the past. But I want to focus more on uh, the targeting that was done of you, because one of the reasons why a lot of cops who may agree with you privately, they may say, you know, say things to you uh, via email or personally that, oh, Brad, I, I like what you're doing, but, you know, I'm basically too chicken s to actually do anything myself about it because they themselves are worried about what happened to you. They're worried, and, and rightly so, about being targeted for coming out of the closet, if you will, as somebody who is in law enforcement, but not necessarily uh, believing in all of the things that law enforcement is doing these days, specifically the drug war. People, these cops are scared, aren't they? Uh, yes, and, and like you said, there, there there certainly seems to be good reason. Uh, one other thing that um, that sort of got me um, put in the sights, so to speak, is I'm a very uh, very large supporter of the Free State Project. In fact, I'm out right now at Taproom Tuesday in Manchester, which is uh, it's at Murphy's Taproom. It's owned by a Free State uh, participant, and there are uh, you know there are dozens of Free State Project members here. Which basically are people who, that, that believe that the government should be leaving people alone and not interfering with their personal lives, and it's some of the the, the best people I've ever met. Um, and last night there was about 70 activists that came to uh, to my termination hearing. Yeah. Uh, but back to uh, back the 70 to, people, uh, by the way, in a little town, by the way. I mean, yeah. Epping, New Hampshire. And I'd like to to know from you, uh, Brad, was that beneficial in your opinion, or was that detrimental? What do you think? I would absolutely say it was beneficial. I mean, the, uh, one of the uh, members of the Board of Selectmen in the town of Epping excoriated my police chief uh, and, I mean, basically uh, tongue-lashed him and the lieutenant um, for how I was treated, and 70 people broke into applause. And, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was very loud, and uh, Sam from Obscure Truth was there, and he, and he managed to film the, the whole thing. And I can't describe what they tried to do to me anything more than as a hit job. And mm. what's very interesting is I, you know, I was fully expecting to be to be fired. Um, but 
these uh, these uh, the members of the board of selectmen who've known this police chief for years, because you know he's he's been the police chief there for I think 29 years. Uh, their case against me was so bad that they couldn't even they couldn't even excuse me his case against me was so bad that they couldn't even back him up to to fire me um, because he wanted to. I mean, it was just so glaringly obvious that he was picking every little mistake that I made in the last. Uh, you know, since 2001, since I've worked there, and tried to paint a picture of me as uh, a terribly ineffective, uh, un- uh, mentally unstable, uh, untrustworthy person. But right, right. You've been so with- untrustworthy and so uh, d- so unstable and so dangerous that they took they decided to wait until now, uh, you know, ten years later or whatever, to actually proceed to to fire you for this minuscule stuff that went on literally years and years ago. And lots of cops make mistakes. Uh, people in all jobs make mistakes, and especially when you're a cop, they tend to just let all that stuff fall by the wayside. But now all of a sudden they dredged it all up uh, for the point, you know, just out of nowhere, just decided to go after you. And it, it's totally because you're a member of law enforcement against prohibition. I, I think that is, uh, I think that's glaringly obvious. And um, you know, I am far from perfect. I've made mistakes, and in fact, last night during the hearing, I, you know, the chief brought up a bunch of things from my past. And I fully agreed with him. I said, yeah, you know, I agree. I should have handled that better. I should have been more diplomatic. Yes, I, I agree with him there. You know, that was I, – I, I wish I could go back in time and change that. Sure. But, you know, I mean, it, that's just part of being human. And, and um, you know, he, he attacked me for, um, for going out on sick leave, you know, once I had figured out that, um, that essentially the department command staff uh, was working together with my union representative – to, to uh, try to set me up for something, you know, I, I you know, I, I said to the board of selectmen, I said, look, I have an anxiety issue. I'm human. I take medication for it, and uh, I see a doctor for it. And my doctor said I shouldn't be going to work when everyone's trying to, to, you know, stack the deck against me. And the selectmen obviously agreed because what the chief was trying to do was he was trying to fire me, and they said no. But um, what they did say is his original request. Um, what started all this was that I'd be suspended for six days. And they said, no, we're still going to impose that. And to me, that's unacceptable because that has to do with this whole situation. And um, I filed my appeal today for the six-day suspension. And also, I am now looking into uh, possible civil action against my police chief hmm. because he said yesterday during during this hearing in public that I cannot testify in court, that I'm untrustworthy, and he literally has nothing to back it up. Nothing. Not a shred of anything to ever point to one lie I've ever told um, to, to make such an outlandish statement. Wow. And this is a, a, a police chief who's been uh, in office for many years. He's a member of the Police Standards and Training Council. He, uh, interestingly, he also admitted that he had other police chiefs in the state tell him that he should fire me. And he also admitted uh, on tape... As though... Well, no, hold on a second, Brad. Before you get to the, the next part, as though the other police chiefs know th- one thing about you, as though you've ever worked for them, as though they could say they, something to... Right. You know. that That's pretty obvious that the reason they want to target you is because of your um, your stand with uh, law enforcement against prohibition. I mean, what what else would a police chief from some other place in the, um, in the, the state know about you? Oh, that's it, Mark. That is the that is the one thing that they know about me. Right. That I I keep showing up at the state house and I keep opposing them. And um, the uh, the chief actually said that I uh, I was commonly referred to as a quote knucklehead. And and interestingly, during wow. the hearing yesterday, during the hearing yesterday, my chief actually called me pig-headed. 
Um, Jeez. Now, Brad, this is a guy I, that you had previously described as a as a good man. Uh, yeah, you've, I've heard this. I've I heard was going to ask about that myself. You, you've said yeah, it over you know, and over I, again. Uh, yes, and and I think at heart he is a good person. I, you know, he has a very very good family, uh, and, and he he's a decent guy. I think though that he was put in a situation where there some officers are unhappy, and the easier thing to do would be to take their side than do the right thing. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna. You've got more time, don't you? Oh, I've got tons right, of time for you because I've got. Oh, I've still got more questions. Hang on, more with Brad. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. He's my hero. 800-259-9231. You can. That's a serious statement, by the way. You can bring up anything. You can ask uh, Brad a question or whatever goes. It's free talk live. Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry uttered those words in 1775. He died just 24 years later. You can avoid his fate by subscribing to Liberty, the National Journal of Libertarian Opinion, News, Investigation, and Intellectual Exploration. Liberty isn't just current events. In every issue, you can expect to see reflections, reviews, and reporting that challenge the individual mind. Get Liberty now with a free trial issue at libertyunbound.com and avoid an untimely meeting with the Grim Reaper. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com. By the way, I want to tell you about... The bulletin board system. There are over 500,000 posts and a whole lot of trolls at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's totally free. bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some of the best, best rates on uh, gold and silver that you're going to be able to get. And uh, I've picked out some some coins to make it easy for people who are sort of first timing it. it they're they're easy to check against. Uh, they they really don't have any kind of collector's value. They're really all about. Uh, the the the, con- the content of the gold and silver in them. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. We have also set it up so that you can, if you don't have you know like a bunch of money in savings that you can turn into gold and silver right now, you can do it on a monthly basis or a weekly basis or a biweekly basis, whatever it is that uh, works for you, by calling this telephone number and uh, doing it on layaway. The best thing to do is get like 20 coins at a time. It's best for shipping, 20, 25, thereabouts. And the number is 877-857-9938. That's 877-857-9938. And this could be like your little savings plan. You're probably not saving any other way, so this is a good way to do it. All right, let's go back to Brad Jardis. He's with us from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition at Leap.cc. That's their website, by the way. Highly recommended for anybody that is really into cops, or they maybe are a uh, law enforcement officer, or maybe they just want to see what some uh, really brilliant law enforcement officers have had to say about the mistakes they made when they were enforcing the war on drugs and they finally realized down the line that what they were doing was wrong and that they were actually hurting the very people that they believed they were originally protecting. Brad, you're one of the uh, the few and the proud, one of the uh, the... The few law enforcement against prohibition members who's actually a, a current on-duty police officer, and this week it was looking like you might actually lose that status. However, you're still technically on the force. But what exactly did they find last night during this termination hearing? Because while you're technically on, you're not really back. What's going on? Um, I have been getting paid not to work since August 6th. 
and I'm not allowed to return to work. I'm on uh, administrative suspension. Uh, it's, it's actually administrative leave. It's not punitive. It's uh, this this like transitional neutral period where you know I still have my uh, I still have my badge. I still have my firearm. Uh, I'm just not allowed to work. And the board of selectmen has ordered that I go through a psychological examination because five officers uh, signed a statement. And they claim that I'm mentally unstable and that I can't carry a firearm, that they fear that um, I can't handle difficult situations. Uh, I mean, it's just this stuff that came out of nowhere after I made this, uh, this whole situation public because they were upset that um, I went to the, the press and I uh, made the public aware of what was happening. Now, cu- and, I'm curious, Brad, you know, are these the same officers, the ones that signed the statement against you? Are some of those officers the same ones that were writing things on the back of your car and were drawing pictures of you as a gay man? I mean, can, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that happened to you, and were they the same cops? Um, yes. Uh, in fact, the, the, the letter was signed specifically by, by the officer uh, who, the day after the article ran, he wrote on the back of my, uh, of my Volkswagen Jetta uh, in the dirt, um, he wrote, pot for sale. Um, the same and, day uh, as the article? Uh, it was the day after. Day after, okay. It was okay. the 23rd on Monday when I went back to work. And, uh, you know, another one of the guys who signed the article uh, confronted me in the locker room and... Um, uh, about my uh, about how you know basically what I've done is embarrassing to uh, to uh, to him and you know what just strikes me as as the funniest thing is that people in the law enforcement profession are supposed to be so tough and so you know uh, so bad but yet they can't handle intellectual discourse and they can't handle the fact that someone uh, may associate them with me and you know I never purported to speak for them. Or, or anybody else, because you know what? Perhaps they've thought about the issue, and that's this is how they feel. They think drugs should be illegal, and you know what? I, I, they're entitled to that opinion. I think that opinion's wrong. I think it's immoral. Um, but Brad, you're not supposed to break rank. You're, you're supposed to stay within the thin blue line. You're supposed to support the brotherhood, no matter how many people they harm. How dare you? Uh, uh, well, interestingly, um, one officer who was at the hearing last night had a shirt on that. <laughs> uh, that that uh, essentially uh, it was uh, it had a dead rat on the back of it, and um, and on the front it had the little EKG line that you know you see like on a heart monitor, and it like essentially showed that you know the rat was dead. And so, do you uh, trust this? Well, guy, I, no, I want to hear more about the, the the shirt, please, because this is fascinating to me. The dead rat on with the dead rat. Go ahead. Actually, one of the activists pointed it out to me. I didn't. I didn't even see it. I mean, I was just trying to stay away from this guy. Uh, in fact, this guy. Uh, th- this is actually kind of interesting. This this guy. Um, he actually confronted me one night at work. Uh, uh, this guy, uh, being the dare officer, he told me he was going to kill me. He actually, he said he was going to effing kill me. He took Jeez. his badge off, threw threw it across <laughs> the room. This was at 2 a.m. Threw it uh, threw it across the room and challenged me to fight him in the back parking lot. I pointed wow. this out to the board of sele- I pointed this out to the board of selectmen, and one of the select uh, selectmen said to the chief, "Is this true?" And the chief's response was, "He didn't put it in writing." Who you didn't put it in writing? Me, me, because because I told the chief about it, and when the select the select woman said, "Is this true that he told you about this?" The chief said he didn't put it in writing. <laughs> and, Man, and he never, you know. So you didn't put it in <laughs> writing, so therefore nothing needed to be done. 
no, no nothing. There was no investigation, no, no, nothing like that. To the credit of the officer who did say this, he later apologized. Uh, he's like, you know, I've got a really bad temper, uh, you know, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. And, Good man uh, to have on the police you know, squad, like, man with a bad temper. Well, well, when he when he approached me uh, in uh, when he was apologizing, I used that as an opportunity to say, look, man, I said, let's talk about this drug thing, because I know this is why you're so upset with me. Um, and I tried my best to articulate to him. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 unfortunate that that there are people uh, there are people with such short tempers, because I think, you know, violence doesn't solve anything. And, you know, I mean, we're grown adults and, you know, just the and fact he should that, know, you know better. I, he should know better as the dare officer to not be taking steroids. So uh, this guy uh, well, dare to resist drugs and violence. That's what <laughs> that's what there's about. And I you know, and I and uh, the other night at the hearing last night at the hearing, you know, this stuff I had to bring up, not because I want to hurt anybody else, but because they need to understand, and I needed to articulate how I've been treated differently. Absolutely. Because no, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm I'm the unpopular uh, person. Not because I don't do my job. Not because I'm not effective. In fact, all my reviews, with the exception of one, are are all um, uh, stellar um, uh, yearly reviews. Um, their issue with me is that I draw attention to them because I happen to work with them and. You know, I go out and I speak about the drug war, and I'm and I believe uh, very strongly in uh, you know the uh, libertarian ideals of the Free State Project. And you know, I always say, hey, I'm just doing what the quote unquote American thing is, and that is, you know, it's okay to disagree. And well, wait, what about the code of ethics? This is something I found particularly inter- particularly interesting. I'd like to ask you a little bit about it when we come back because I I'm, I know you're familiar sure. with it. So I'm going to bring you back more with Brian Jardis here in moments from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. They targeted him because he believes in ending prohibition. So far, their plan has not been completely fruitful. He's still on duty as a police officer, but not actually on the streets. Uh, They're paying him to stay home at this point. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800 259 9231. And especially if you've got a question for Brad Jardis from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, he is on the line with us and we'll take your calls. If you've got uh, something you need to know from him, because he is going through a situation that's probably unlike any other police officer has had to go through in this country because. Well, there aren't too many that are of the same caliber of Brad. There, there aren't too many that have had the courage to join law enforcement against prohibition publicly. There are a number of them that have joined privately, and that's great. I mean, you've got to take whatever steps you feel comfortable with in this movement. That's for and sure. There are a lot of officers who have not necessarily joined law enforcement against prohibition, but they do they hold, the, they, they hold the view that the drug war is misguided. Correct. Uh, but I'm hoping that what will happen out of all of this is that Brad will come out uh, victorious in the, this termination hearing that they had last night in the town of Epping, New Hampshire, to try to oust him from the police squad was not entirely successful. They did up, uphold his six-day suspension. However, uh, he's, still on, he's still technically a police officer. They're sending him to a psychiatric evaluation 
however, he's still on the job. They could have terminated him last night, and they didn't because about 60-plus or 70 uh, Liberty activists here in New Hampshire turned out from all across the state, people coming from all the west side of New Hampshire all the way over to uh, to Epping and the seacoast and everywhere else, uh, coming out to support Brad. And, uh, Brad, you, you would say that made a pretty big difference, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, just – I mean, obviously, you know – I'm man enough to admit I was pretty nervous uh, going into that situation. I mean, it's pretty, it's 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 a hard thing to deal with, you know. And I had to sit there uh, quietly while um, the chief presented his case um, against me, and it was very, um, it was it was basically I, I would interpret it as a smear job, uh, and it was hard, you know, it was hard to sit there. But you know, I know I had a lot of a lot of people who support me, and you know, the 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 things that I try. Oh, there goes Brad. <laughs> I think that uh, we were having a little bit of technical difficulty uh, with the uh, the VoIP lines that we have here in the studio. But we will get him back, and we will continue uh, this conversation. So, uh, so it was last night that uh, that he was there in front of the uh, the Epping police, and I think this may be him coming back here, Brad. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, not a problem. We're I think we're having some technical problems. Anyway, uh, so what were you saying? Uh, I was just saying it was it was very uh, empowering to have so many good people there, um, you know, and uh, people who don't necessarily. I mean, and there's there's quite a few people who uh, who don't believe that there should be government police, um, and but they still still came out to show me support because they know that uh, you know I I believe in the, the the liberty message and I believe that you know if if there are going to be uh, police, they should be leaving people alone unless they hurt somebody else, and I don't think that's that an unreasonable thing to uh, to uh, to advocate. Now, so uh, it was it was an amazing feeling. Brad, um, that you you haven't been quite reinstated yet, but uh, you know it, it looks like you're going to be back on patrol doing uh, the job that you that oh, you. Oh, I don't know about that. Doesn't look like that, does it? I mean, this police chief's doing everything he can to stop that, isn't he? Um, yes, that would be correct. He, um, he, after the board, um, voted to require that I undergo a psychological examination, which, uh, is fine by me. Um, you know, I see, I speak to a psychologist once a week, you know, it's, it's helpful. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there who do, but I just happen to, uh, not have a problem talking about it and people shouldn't be afraid to, you know, admit that they're human and that they have problems, um, so yeah, I mean, I have to go speak to speak to someone about my about whether or not I am safe to carry a firearm in the course of police duties. Right. And uh, and then uh, after that, who knows? I mean, I'm in this this state where I still have uh, I still have my credentials. I'm not I'm not uh, I still am a police officer. I'm not on unpaid suspension. Um, I just can't go to work. Now, and, but uh, at this at this event, you said that there was a, a guy, basically what uh, appeared to be wearing a T-shirt with a, a threatening message for you on it. Um, and I, my question is, do you want to work on this force anymore? Do you want to be backed up by a guy that uh, you know would, uh, apparently is threatening to kill you? At least that's what I'm hearing. Um, and and the and uh, police that's not, chief, I, that's not what I'm saying, though. Right. I, I didn't. I, I, I know shirt, you didn't say the it. Shirt certainly is threatening. That's my that's okay. my interpretation of the uh, of, of what Dead I rat. heard. Yeah. Dead there's, rat shirt. there's a dead rat, you know, <laughs> and um, and and that's enough and for me. And a thin blue line wrapped. It's it's the the shirt has a dead rat on it and a thin blue line. Correct. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, so it's a gang mm. shirt. Uh, 
They're using the gang symbol. The, the thin blue line is a gang symbol for the police. Uh, this is this is fairly common knowledge now, especially uh, you know all you have to go is look it up. Uh, it's, it, you can see it. Some cops wear uh, they wear. I saw one sheriff here in town wears a thin blue line, one of those uh, rubber bracelet things that are so hip these days. He's got one with the, that's black with a blue line running around it, and they uh, many of them will also put thin blue line stickers on their regular vehicles so they can be identified as uh, as police officers. Though nowadays, uh, since people know their their trick, uh, that doesn't always work for them. Them. Anyway, go ahead, Brad. Uh, those stickers are so unbelievably lame. I mean, I, 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 I really think they're just they're humorous. Um, yeah, you know, he this this particular officer who was there, um, I was accused wrongly of uh, of threatening an officer who had a drinking problem. Um, I was accused of uh, he accused me of of saying that if if he. I told him that if he didn't support me, that I would tell people that he came to work hungover. And that is absolutely patently false. Um, and when I started to speak about, um, when I started to speak about this specific situation, this officer who was wearing that shirt stepped up and yelled, um, uh, yelled for me to stop talking. And uh, the town's attorney uh, wouldn't let me defend myself and talk about that particular officer and, um, you know the the allegations because they didn't want me to to say things that would um that would make another officer look bad and again i didn't want to make anybody look bad i mean um i i i wasn't put in this situation because i wanted to be yeah. and i didn't even want i didn't even want to make this this all public i waited months and i gave the police chief i i had a grievance hearing in front of him and i was hoping he would do the right thing and you know what's interesting is that at the meeting last night the uh, police chief uh, told the board of selectmen that I came to his house and I was telling him uh, some of the problems that were going on and that he admitted that he told me to leave and he sent me away and that he's like, I, I, I can't hear this. I, I, I can't hear this because I might have to deal with this later on. You know, so, I mean, he, he, essentially, he essentially just uh, admitted to blowing me off and uh, not taking what I was saying serious. And then, you know, now, I mean... What choice did I have but to let the public know what was going on? I think and, it was the right I mean, choice, by the way, because most of the time yeah. these termination hearings go on in private, uh, but you elected to make it public. Now, Brad, you had said that uh, essentially from, from where you, you were sitting, it seemed like the police chief was trying to work with the union rep to set you up for something. So I take it... Uh, no, the, the, the police lieutenant um, was working with the union rep. I told the police chief about it in an email by forwarding him a conversation and he responded uh, to my uh, email, and I actually uh, posted the email that he sent me back acknowledging it. I posted it uh, at forum.freekeen.com. Now, are you and, guys a local, though, as far as your police association goes, or are you affiliated with a, with a national union? It, it's, the, it's, uh, it's a state. It's the, excuse me. It's the New England Police Benevolent Association. And what's interesting is the, um, you know, this officer was at my hearing wearing a no-rat shirt, but what what in police uh, culture, what the union president did to me is what is considered ratting. Yeah. In that he um, he he heard that I had misused sick time when I really he, he heard someone say that I twittered that I was at the beach when I really wasn't. And um, this this person who said it was a member of the community who I was friendly with, who was just joking around. And this uh, the police union president, quote unquote, ratted on me. Um, and you know that's a term that I that is used in the police culture to 
to identify an officer who reports misconduct on another one. And then uh, uh, an internal investigation was launched on me for something I didn't even do. And, um, you know, and, and the union representative and the lieutenant both, you know, both were in on it, but I wasn't. And uh, he basically was like my defense attorney while I was being investigated. I told the chief, and he didn't do anything about it. More coming up here. Uh, Brad, you can stick with us, right? Yeah, sure. All right. More with Bradley Jardis from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. What happens when one cop comes out against prohibition in favor of ending the war on drugs? This is what happens. He gets targeted for termination. Luckily, he's still technically on duty. We'll find out more in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want, though calls will be given preference for Brad Jardis, member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, current on-duty cop, though I don't know if on-duty is really the right word to describe his working status. They've been targeting him for retaliation because he believes in ending prohibition because, well, he's a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And they've gone after him. Uh, he's been harassed at work by his coworkers over his uh, his viewpoint. But if it was just a little bit of harassment by the coworkers, that'd be one thing. It's another thing when the police chief himself decides to target you uh, for termination. And what happened last night while we were on the air was a termination hearing out in Epping, New Hampshire, wherein you uh, the place in which you work. And they were unsuccessful in their plan, their plot, uh, to eliminate you from the payroll. However, they have uh, mandated that you will be going to a psych evaluation. And apparently that's because you believe in freedom, or as they would put it, that you uh, associate with anti-government elements, which, of course, I don't consider myself anti-government. I consider myself pro-freedom. Anyway, Brett, isn't that what they were accusing you of? Didn't they essentially uh, bring up a, a dredge up a you know evidence that you've been hanging out at freekeen.com and nhunderground.com and all these other radical sites? Yeah, well, in, in fact, um, I, I emailed you earlier uh, the documents that are presented at the public hearing um, and uh, the internal investigation into me, which the chief used to support his request that I be fired. And in there, it did mention that uh, that I post online um, that I exercise my right to free speech at forum, you know, at, at the Free Keen Forum, and uh, it, it seemed like they were trying to make a deal out of that. Um, and the the big thing that they were uh, attacking me on was my decision to make this uh, this matter public, and um, that that pretty much is, is what. Um, led the police chief to uh, to say that I should be fired and led him to dredge up every small mistake that I've ever made, uh, you know, since I've worked there. And um, uh, essentially, uh, he, uh, he he said some things that are completely un- unsubstantiated that he can't, uh, they can't back up. And um, I'm definitely going to look into whether or not any legal action can be taken because he, he said things that would smear my name. He he said that I'm a liar, which is completely untrue. Yeah, uh, that would be libel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He said I, he said I can't testify in court. I mean, my credibility has never, ever been uh, in question ever. Whenever I've been accused of, of doing something that I shouldn't have, I've admitted to it. And um, for him to come in there and, and say things that are uh, wholly inaccurate, I think just 
furthered um, furthered what myself and my attorney were saying, and that they were trying to that the police chief and the lieutenant were trying to set me up. And thankfully, the board of selectmen um, was fair, and they saw it, and they saw that that's what uh, that's what was happening. So they, you know, in my opinion, they rebuked the police chief and said, "No, he's not fired." Um, but you know, five officers say that I'm, you know, quote mentally unstable. Um, so. You know, they they're going to have me speak to a doctor. Uh, that just means he doesn't think like us. So this is the the, the uh, Brad. This is the thing that I keep coming back to. Uh, what's going to happen when it's over? Do you want to go back to this police department? Do you want to work for this guy? Do you want to work side by side with uh, police officers that uh, have th- bodily threatened you? And, and and in my opinion, one of them uh, appears to be threatening your life. You want to work with these people? Well, you see, uh, this is this is something that one of the members of the board of selectmen um, uh, was 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 asking me about, and it's a, it certainly is a very uh, legitimate thing to ask, Mark. Um, but it seems like it, it seems like um, I'm on an episode of Survivor, and because I've been voted off the island because other people can't control themselves, and other people have problems, that I'm the one who should be punished. You know, I'm not the one who who caused these problems. Um, uh, you know, and and went after someone for you know only doing things that you know that people in this country um, do to try to change things for the better. And you know, for for me to say, well, you know, these guys don't like me, you know, because I, I'm involved in something I believe in, and oh, geez, I'm just going to go go away. It just doesn't seem like the right thing to do, because you know, I, I think honestly, it's heroic. I, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't done anything wrong. All I've done is is try to change and eliminate bad laws. And would it, would it make sense? That, here's here's a question, just related, Mark, uh, kind of back to Mark. Would it make sense to you, Mark, if you were to just go through this process of this trial by fire or whatever the heck it is that they're doing to him to get through it to win to beat him in the civil lawsuit and then to say, all right, I'm transferring to another department or something like that, just to kind of to get through what this oh, is? Oh, if it was me, I'd uh, I, these people have acted reprehensible. I would uh, beat them in every legal uh, in a way that one possibly could, and uh, you know then I'd walk away from it. Uh, but so I'm just you aren't saying to walk away now. You're saying I'm wondering what Brad is, uh, you know, what his thought process. What, what you know, what do you what do you feel as far as going back to work at this place? Um, I'm a lot tougher uh, than they think I am, and um, uh, I would absolutely if they said if they called me right now and said you're you're reinstated, come back. I would walk back in and say. And that's one of the funniest parts about all this. It just shows the absurdity of this system is they've been paying you to go to, to yoga class to, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I see oh, your man, Facebook I've updates. Got, I've got, I've gotten really good at Bikram yoga. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's great. I, I recommend it to everyone. I just, I'm sorry, I just plugged someone, but it, it's really good yoga. I, I I like Bikram Bikrams too, but uh, you know, I, I just it, it it's so silly. Tell me about the attorney genital. You'd mentioned that the uh, the police chiefs from across the state had gotten in touch with this police chief, and he admitted this in front of the uh, the selectmen last night that the other police chiefs who don't know you from Adam beyond the fact that you're in law enforcement against prohibition have recommended that he fire you. Didn't the attorney genital also weigh in? Um, I, I I don't know how many police chiefs have said this to him, but the chief did tell me that I was the topic of conversation for the New Hampshire Police Standards and Training Council on more than one occasion. 
And the Police Standards and Training Council is the governing agency that um, regulates the certification of all police officers in the state, and they have the authority to revoke a certification, which, which in, in turn um, makes someone unable to uh, serve as a police officer. And he serves on that board as a representative of a, uh, a police department of a town, and there's 12, uh, 12 members of the board. And, you know, the simple fact that these people would make me the topic of conversation, you know, I mean, like, who do they think they are? I mean... Well, that's something um, yeah. Mark was saying during the break, is that they're they're giving you all of this attention, and they're so concerned about little Brad Jardis, one of the patrolmen in uh, in Epping, New Hampshire. It really shows really that you're... really not that important. Well, right. but to I'm them, you are. Right. To them, you're a threat to the system you, and the status quo. I mean, this is why the the um, the union rep is out after you, because the fact is they all know that the drug war is a big mess, and if one of their little minions steps out of line, I mean, the police union rep came out against a police officer? You could have raped a schoolgirl in the middle of the road, and they that guy would have been behind you. But because you said that people should have the right to smoke pot if they want to, Oh, my God, they threw you under the bus. I mean, that's these mixed-up people's idea of reality. Back uh, back in, two, I think it was 2004, I was accused of intentionally stopping a motor vehicle in front of a house that there was to be a drug raid at. And I, I had no idea that there was going to be a drug raid uh, in this area. No one told me. And the lieutenant said that I was uh, essentially hiding outside of the sergeant's office, and I, I overheard this. And then I intentionally stopped this car to botch a drug raid, and he uh, he demanded that I or he requested that I be polygraphed um, because I vehemently denied it because it wasn't true. The police chief obviously discredited um, the, what the lieutenant was alleging because he just let it go. Um, and then last night he used that as evidence to uh, support me being fired. He he used an investigation that he discredited back in 2004, 2005. To support me being fired. And, you know, I held it up in the air and I said, look, if a police officer did this, this would be a crime. You know, I mean, this obviously wasn't a big deal back then, but now it's a big deal because (laughs) here we are, you know, and let's find every single thing that could make Brad look bad. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. The saga has apparently just begun as well. Who knows what they're going to try next? I'm just glad they haven't really actually gotten violent with you. I'm glad that it's just been, you know, somebody posted him, drew a picture of you in a superhero outfit, uh, titled it Gay Man, and posted it on your locker. I mean, that's the, well, you know, that's oh, the I, what I'm worried about is if you actually were to go back to work with these people, and for some reason or another, one of these guys is backing you up and decides to to frag you and that's what concerns me the, well, they the, haven't the most. done anything violent yet and hopefully they uh they they don't, look if they do something violent who's going to do anything about it well there is that i mean there's uh, <laughs> cops kill people and they get away with it in this particular case i just don't see that anything could happen it's I one mean, of the reasons why i think brad is uh, the most courageous cop i've ever ever heard of brad thank you so much for spending your time with uh, us here tonight it. and i know Good that night, you'll call gentlemen. us back and keep us in the loop right I will indeed, and thank you for your time. Thank you, and enjoy getting paid for doing nothing. Uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right, more on the way here, uh, all brought to you by Totasack at totasack.com. Get yourself one of these wonderful handles that will help you bring the groceries back in from the car. Lickety-split, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free handgun. This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. And I've been taking it for a heck of a lot more than seven days. Um, it's For seven days, you just use startpage.com instead of your Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, You'll have complete privacy inside of your search. You start the uh, startpage.com seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. As we continue, we'll take your calls about what's on your mind. And then coming up, we'll play you a clip about how not to do activism. Uh, First, we go to Neil in California. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Neil? Well, not much. I just have a, a kind of interesting, you know, obsession of mine. Uh, it's it's a little bit personal. I was just wondering what your thoughts were, you know, on the on the morality of it. Okay, sure. Okay, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, to be frank, uh, I, I, I'm sexually aroused by by handicapped people, amputees, and other people who are, I don't know, disabled in some way. Is that is that wrong? I don't know. It's Why would it I don't wrong? have any explanation for it, but. I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, to me, personally, it seems a little weird because I can't relate to it, but I don't think it's any stranger than, say, a foot fetish. How does it work exactly? I mean, is it only for people that are physically crippled, or is it for people that are... Yes? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if there's nothing physically wrong with them, but they have a serious, you know, mental impairment, Mm -hmm. I I find that attractive as well, but it's primarily, you know, people... (laughs) Without a limb or something like that, you know, like a serious physical difference. Do you find Ian attractive? Do I find what? Sorry? Ian, Ian, my co-host, Ian. Do you find him attractive? Uh, is he disabled? Well, I'm, convi- <laughs> I'm convinced that he has a severe mental, uh, you know, uh, illness, and I'm just trying to figure out whether or not you noticed it too. Well, if he's a host, he can't be that disabled. He's on your oh, own radio. I don't know about that. It's not hard to get on the radio. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't think that cuts it. You know, I, I like people who, you know, can't tie their shoes and stuff. You oh, know what I'm okay. About? <laughs> okay. The, the question I have for you is, are you only attracted to people with a serious disability, or is that just one thing that does it for you? Well, that's primarily it. There's a, there's a variety of other things, though. Like really, really old people. Like, like if they're so <laughs> old that they almost fall into that same category, you know, like, 
You can't so move if they're shuffling or... around on a like a walker, then that's kind of hot. Wait, for you. a one a one legged geriatric yeah. dwarf would be really awesome. Oh yeah. Now, it, now is, wait, 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 hold is on. Is gender an issue here for you, or yeah, it just doesn't bother you? Sorry, what? Is gender an issue for you here, or it doesn't bother? Oh you? no, gender is not not an issue. Definitely, I mean, you know, species is not an issue. I mean, believe me. Really? Plenty of. Uh, well, I don't know. To a point, you know, maybe some might like say that. some might up. say that you are crossing a line uh, with well, the with the interspecies stuff. Well, that's that yeah. seems very weird to me, but. I I don't know that I'd necessarily say it was morally wrong. Uh, so, have you ever actually had relations with somebody who had a handicap? Or well, is it no. just a fantasy of yours? It's a fantasy. I mean, as far as handicapped people, no. I've never actually, you know, gone all the way. But I, I've been with a few, you know, really, really old people, you know, who didn't have any kind of handicap. But Where'd you, where'd you yeah. meet them? The old people. Well, I, I, I've known them all my life. We, you're not related to him, are you? <laughs> yeah. And when you I mean, say you've been, really, when you really say, young. Well, wait, when you say you've been with them, I mean, without getting too graphic, what what do you mean? Are you talking about sexually? Yes. Can you give me a little more detail? And give you said one, you're related uh, to them. Give me one encounter that you're talking about. An encounter? I don't know. It's a little, it's a little delicate, you know. It is. Delicate. I don't. Remember. I was really young. It was on Christmas. Yeah. Okay. All right. But he had a present, right? And it was one of those ones where you pull the top off of the box. And they then, always get you know, me with this one. Typical present. Oh no! Did we lose you? He had the present positioned over his his crotch. Yeah. Oh, that's an old one, isn't it? Oh yeah. Is that where it all started? That's what he likes. The old one. Yeah, I guess that's where it all started. I mean, I guess that's what you point to. But so, so maybe what this maybe this uh, this initial sexual encounter with uh, this old man who presumably was it your grandpa? Yes. So the sexual encounter with your uh, your grandfather with the uh, the present on his penis, uh, that yeah. uh, that was what started your your obsession, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're how, right. How I, I how old were you at the time? Just have curiosity. Uh, Approximately I don't know, five, six. Do you think that did have some kind of a, a formative impact on on your sexuality? Like well, that, yeah, was that a, a cathartic moment for you? Looking back on it. Okay. That's only that's only one you know part of it. It's you know it's detailed. That's just the kind of uh, attraction to elderly people. I mean, I don't know where to explain the attraction to you know apes and you know <laughs> okay. <for> veterans. Does, <laughs> does this bother you? I mean, does it bother you that you have have these urges? No, no. I feel you know lucky. I'm unique. Yeah, and not very many are attracted to apes, so it's not like you've got a lot of competition. I, I, I out mean, there. the only thing I would say, as long as you're not taking advantage of children or people with mental handicaps people with dementia or something yeah, like that yeah i mean as as long as you're getting informed consent from somebody then do whatever makes you happy it's probably I not a good idea though for him to get a job in a nursing home though right no i i, I you know i don't know how healthy that would be i don't know i don't know if i, I mean i could have daycare actually oh, <laughs> this but, story just gets more No, no, you can't have consent. I mean, most of the people that really, you know, get it going for me are not people that could even give consent, whether they wanted to or not. The, the, I mean, maybe they don't have a, a face or something. I don't know. Well, wait, wait, wait. You're not attracted to young people. You're only attracted to, uh, to elderly people and, and crippled people, right? Well, yeah. I mean, young if, if they're young and, and crippled, crippled, I mean... Oh, boy. It, it's Young people, not so much, but I could definitely get there. This guy is no. great. This is one of the best cranks I think that that, uh, that we've had in yeah, a long he's, time. Yeah, he's quick on his feet, and yeah. um, the story get, can 
it gets more and more ludicrous as you go on. Right. It draws you in, and I gotta say, you know, I I, I don't know about a ten, yeah. but uh, it, it's, it's an eight. It's one of the best I've heard yeah. in a long time. Thank you for the call Thank tonight, you. Neil. Certainly appreciate it. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, it's the quick on the quick on your feet factor, the ability to answer yeah. whatever questions and are thrown out. It's ridiculous. Out. So yeah. you, you kind of want to keep it going. Some cranks are just they're annoying, and you just want to get the person off the air. Right. But if it's really ridiculous and interesting to listen to the you know the fake story as it goes along, it's great. Yeah, that was well done. All right, James in Louisiana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. Yes, hello. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, yeah, I had to call in about fetishes, man. That was, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, my uh, fetishes are redheads, goths. And pregnant women. Goths. Now, we were just talking about goths the other night, and uh, it's not anything that does anything for Mark or myself, the, uh, the goth a look. Li- a little bit. Not into the, the like, piercing so much, but, but the, the black, look, uh, The black hair, the, yeah. The, the white makeup. Uh, not the totally white face Vampire paint. teeth. I'm not that into no. it. Okay. I just like a girl with like dark hair and and who's skinny well, and. I'm of the opinion that a hot girl is a hot girl, and it doesn't really matter what kind of style of uh, you know dress she has. That's so, you know, James. Th- those did you just don't affect me. Did you just want to share your fetishes with us, or did you have something else you wanted to mention? Oh yeah, um, actually, I uh, called in for. Oh, I wanted to like delegate superpowers to the F- FTL crew. How do you do Which that? Which superpowers are you referring to? Oh, just, you know, just something I was thinking about last night, like, uh, Mark, you would have the super ego. Yeah, that's and, for sure. <laughs> and and Ian, like, he would have the superpowers of clarity. <laughs> X-ray uh, vision, I'll take that one. How about that? X-ray vision. Well, yeah, I mean, just from my, my point of view, um, if you can have any ones you want, I guess. And Nick uh, gets yeah. Do I get anything here, or am I just kind of? Oh yeah, Nick. Nick, uh, you, I, I would say you'd have like super. You're kind of tricky. Cause, tricky. Yeah, tricky. Cause, tricky like, good or tricky bad? Tricky. Uh, well, good. I guess it a, depends. You get the superpower of confusion. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, James, for the call. Hey, James, thank you. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Annoying boy who could irritate anybody in a matter of seconds. I don't like my superpower. Yeah. I want a different one. Maybe somebody (laughs) out there has a different idea. You can bring up anything here. Uh, Whether you want to tell us about your fetishes or whatever. (laughs) It's Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at bigheadpress.com slash pk. Talk Live, you can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. SACL CAI, by the way, has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. 
They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com right there at the top of the banner column. That's SACL C-A-I. As we continue here, we will take your calls about anything if you dial in toll-free at 800 259 9231. So uh, I mentioned that we've got I've got an audio clip that I wanted to share with you here. Um, Johnson came across it. I'm not sure how. It's it's from this group of he does find the strangest things. It's from this group of people who you might call them activists. I think you'd have to call them activists because they seem to be fairly active. But as far as what they're accomplishing is concerned, I don't know if it's of anything that's too significantly valuable. I'm sure people will disagree with me vehemently, though. Uh, it's a group called We Are Change. Have either of you heard of them? No. I've I've heard I've heard the group's name, but I don't recall exactly what they do. They're pretty much uh, one of the 9/11 Truth uh, movements, basically. That's that's oh, like I... what they were formed for okay. and what they're all about. If you go to their website, uh, wearechange.org, it, and you read their question, their Who Is Change page, it's all about September 11th, September 11th, September 11th. But apparently what they're doing now is they're glomming on to more current events, which I think is a smart move for them to do. They're... September 11th was a long time ago. Yeah, well, 2001 at least. Yeah. Uh, but what they're doing is they're latching on to current events and using that to promote their group, which is still about promoting September 11th. And I can get into their, their little mission statement here. Maybe Maybe we'll do that in a moment. But I just wanted to play this as an example of what I consider... Uh, to be not very effective activism. And some people will accuse me of doing ineffective activism, which is fine. I mean, we've all got our opinions about what's uh, what's appropriate and what's not. I mean, some people would say that uh, going and smoking pot in the middle of uh, middle of town and the in the public park is a, is a bad idea and, and not good activism. And that's fine. Uh, I, I more than welcome the critique. But I don't think that screaming in a bookstore is particularly good. I mean, whatever, regardless of the message you're That's trying just to... poor etiquette, yeah, really. Yeah, just regardless of the... Even if your message is a good one, and in this case, maybe it was kind of on target. We'll share that in a moment. But this screaming kind, at the top of your lungs in a bookstore. This guy kind of reminds me um, you know, of the, the don't taste me broke guy. Well, no, no it's different because... It, with the don't taste me bro guy, that was a guy who was at a public event at a college at which he was an attendee of that college, and he asked a question that I guess who was it that was even on stage? Did John Harry or something? That he didn't want asked, and they you know the cops came and they tackled him and they tased him and it was awful. So he was trying to get away but from John the police. John Terry was actually trying to answer the question, isn't that right? That, so it's just sort of the the um, the, the bureaucrats sort of over. That's true. Yeah, the cops. Well, anyway, what happened was in that case he was attacked Mo- by the police. Most of the screaming took place when he was about to get tasered. Yeah, he w- he was trying to to escape from the clutches of the police. He was at a place he where was he rude. was rude. He w- he was kind of rude at the podium. He kind of took up like a minute and a half just right. going on and I, on. I found him irritating in the same way that I find these people irritating, though. And so that's where it, uh, you know, sort of strikes for me. I think that the the guy in the don't tase me situation was justified in his frustration and his anger because he was actually being attacked. In this case, these are just security agents removing them from private property. So let me play the clip and then we can continue to uh, to discuss. And you're welcome to comment or bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Oh, 
which would help if I unmuted things here. Uh, again, this is let me get set the uh, scene a little bit further. It's at a, a some bookstore, Borders, Barnes and Noble, something like that, where Al Gore has come out uh, to do a book signing. I guess he's got a new environmental book that uh, that he's releasing here, and so they decided. I guess they got mic'd up. And they had guys with cameras in the bookstore filming this from, I guess, different locations. And so what you'll hear in the beginning, they act, this is from a much longer video, a six-minute video. I cut it down to 30 seconds. I only took two clips from two portions of, uh, of the video. But before, we, before we, what you hear first, there are a couple of instances where a couple guys have already gone in and asked Al Gore about the whole climate gate thing, where the emails were released, over a thousand emails were released from a certain university over in the UK, basically revealing that some of the scientists that are doing these studies are less than honest about their methods, and basically they're forging stuff and doing all kinds of naughty things. And ostracizing scientists that disagree with them. Yeah, so, so they're purpose here was to ask Al Gore about this, which would have been fine all on its own to approach a political figure uh, at a book signing and ask a, a question that was, you know, not the, the usual questions he's getting, not fawning over him, just asking him a tough question. I think that's a fine thing to do. But to then start screaming as you're being led off of private property about how you have a First Amendment right and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, here's the clip. Comment on climate gate. Climate gate, first amendment right here. Climate gate, climate gate, research climate gate. This guy's a fraud. It's a scam. They are trying to institute a global government through a carbon tax. This guy's working on a carbon tax. That's all it is. It's a global government. Get your hands off me. First amendment rights. Get your hands off me. Now, maybe he's right. You know, maybe what he said was actually correct about the climate gate and it being true uh, yeah about, and about the motives for a, glo- a global government a global yeah. government and the ca- global carbon tax but is it the best way i mean the people that are standing in line to meet al gore are obviously the most fanatical right because you have to be a bit of a fan to go and stand in line somewhere and get a book signed don't you so you would assume you're essentially screaming your message out at the fanatical, in the middle of what is supposed to be a quiet location, and you expect that to be successful? Well, it doesn't exactly make your position look reasonable. No, it makes you look like a shouting madman. And you're, you're not really reaching out... Number one, you're not reaching out to the people who are at the book signing, really, because their minds are pretty much made up, most likely... And if your if your other motivation that I could see coming out of this is to try to get Al Gore to appear unreasonable when he answers your tough but fair question. But he really didn't even let the guy answer the question. It was just like, climate gate, climate gate, what do you think about climate gate, climate gate? You know, right. he just was screaming at him. So th- I could see you're going for one of two things, which is convince the people in the bookstore or get it on on tape on the mic so that you can convince other people who weren't actually there. This, the way they handled it, doesn't seem like it would be good at doing either. No, it's just basically a macho flash. But then there was more. After Gore left the bookstore, there was uh, this. They were waiting for him outside. (laughs) 
and I, I'm cutting this very, very short, by the way. I mean, this this went on much longer than that. Uh, in 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 the scene in which that he mentions Climate Gate and then is left out uh, let out of the bookstore, he does have a few more moments in advance of that where he's he's asking him to comment on Climate Gate, and you can barely hear what uh, what Gore is saying. So Gore does respond in, to some extent. But it's you know it's a blow off. Kind I don't of know response. if I would. I, I don't know if I would respond at all to someone who was screaming at me. Like no, no, that. he doesn't start screaming until Out he's after. led away, oh, until okay. the security guards come in. And if it's the cops that are attacking you in public at some sort of an event, I think you're totally within your rights to scream at the top of your lungs. But if you're in the, a bookstore on private property, yeah, that's trying not, to ambush somebody, your first somebody, amendment is not even in interplay there. Right. There's more here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at celebrationcorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live. Bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up, again, whatever you want. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video to show they are indeed listeners of the show at shrine.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And one of the things that just turns me off from an activist perspective is shouting. Shouting and chanting and stuff like that where people are raising their voices You don't make a better point when you make it louder. It doesn't get through to people, I don't think, as effectively. I think there are times to raise your voice, but I don't think they're very often. Give me one. Well, um, if you, for instance, are having, on on the radio, you're having a conversation with somebody that you just can't get through to, um, they're they're talking over you, things like that. There may be a time to, uh, you know, talk a little louder so that you can be heard. Well, it would all depend, Mark. In that case, uh, you might just be better off just turning the caller down a little bit rather than raising your voice. Many times when I you raise no your voice, button. you sound like a shouting madman, and I usually point, it, uh, usually point that out to you. Yeah, well, we've both done the shouting madman thing. I think that if you're in a public event and you're addressing a crowd, sure, it makes sense to use a megaphone or raise your voice or, or something like that. But in many cases, a lot of political activism involves things like chanting and yelling. Uh, We saw this a lot, and there was a particularly appropriate comment that I thought during the presidential, most recent presidential election, there were these just these groups of shouting people. Uh, On one side, you'd have the group of McCain supporters. On the other side, you'd have a group of Hillary supporters or Ron Paul supporters or whoever, because they're all guilty of it. Definitely did the chanting too. They're all guilty of it. Uh, well, it's... that's a little bit different. You're not really reaching out to the public. Essentially, 
you're screaming at people who are in a different camp than you. It's mindless, and it doesn't do anything. It's just, it's just as, as somebody put it, monkeys yelling at each other. <laughs> and that's all. You're just hairless monkeys. <laughs> well, that may be true, but you are also just a hairless monkey. And, and for some people, true. If, say you've got delegates walking by, walking into a, a state Republican convention. To some extent, they're judging support based on which group of hairless monkeys is hooting and hollering the loudest. I mean, there is some, in that particular instance, I think that would be in a a situation where it's appropriate. They feel pressure. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's appropriate to try to reach out to people that you're trying to convince of a viewpoint by yelling at them or screaming at somebody else who you disagree with, because that makes you look unreasonable. Yeah, it just it 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 just strikes me as particularly thoughtless and and mindless and and what they did here in this case. It was the, fun though. I did the same thing when I went out to the Ron Paul rallies. The, the We Are Change people here at the Al Gore book signing. They screaming in the midst of a bookstore. Hey, comment on Climate Gate, Climate Gate, First Amendment rights here, Climate Gate, Climate Gate. And talk about not understanding the First Amendment. And this happens a lot. And it doesn't matter from where the activist is coming, whether they're coming from the left or from the right or from wherever these people are coming from. The First Amendment is, well, part of the Bill of Rights, which is a set of rules for the government to follow. And so the Bill of Rights was set out to basically tell the government people, hey, these are the things you can't, you definitely cannot violate. You need to let people speak freely. But it doesn't apply to private property. It applies to governmental things and governmental goings-on and uh, public property and stuff like that. You don't have freedom of speech here on Free Talk Live. It's a private property show. We, you know, own these airwaves and that we're here homesteading them right now. We have control over the, uh, you know, the board and whether or not the, the phone calls go out over the air. And Free Talk Live has some pretty lax rules. We'll let anybody call in about virtually anything. And as long as you don't violate FCC's, uh, you know, the FCC's little rules and put our radio station's licenses in jeopardy, you'll be able to say whatever you want. We'll talk about things of, uh, of a sexual and adult nature in a non-pandering manner. And so you can pretty much talk about anything. But if you get on the air and drop the F-bomb, we're going to hit the dump button. We're going to drop your call and you're going to be done for. You don't get to shout about your First Amendment rights here because you don't have them here. And in the same way, you don't have them when you're in Barnes & Noble, even though Barnes & Noble is a public store in that anybody who, you know, has shirt, shoes and you know, doesn't look crazy and dangerous, uh, can can walk in the front door and go buy uh, a book if they want to. It's, so it's public from that aspect, but it's not public property in that somebody is ultimately in charge of that Barnes particular... Barnes & Noble owns, well, or they lease it from somebody who owns the property, but they have control over that private property. And it's, Much the same way that somebody can't walk into your house and start ranting at you right. because it's your house. So, So just when you hear this guy in the video shouting about how it's his First Amendment right... He's wrong. Just it, you don't look like you know what you're doing, at least not from uh, from a perspective of somebody that loves uh, freedom. Research climate gate. This guy's a fraud. It's a scam. They are trying to institute a global government through a carbon tax. This guy's working on a carbon tax. That's all it is. It's a global government. Get your hands off me. First Amendment rights. Get your hands off me. <laughs> 
So it's but, not a cop. It's just a private security guy that's leading him gently out of the building. Right. Um, so he's playing quite the martyr there. He's probably and, got his hand gripping his shoulder. Or I can only like imagine that. that the people that are there uh, for an Al Gore book signing. What probably, are they thinking? Yeah, probably like the idea of a one world government <laughs> and probably like the idea of that one world government controlling uh, carbon tax, uh, you know, having a carbon tax. I, I, I just. Yeah, I they're, they're like, duh. That's why we're here. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Get that yeah. guy out of here. What a jerk. But then the very end, well, the reason I wanted to play this again was because the very end, just listen to it as it just devolves into, because it's when Al Gore is walking out of the bookstore and they're outside waiting for him uh, to ambush him again as he gets into his little limo van thing. It just devolves into a cacophony of nonsense. Just, it, at first you can You're hear a them, new world order trader. Right, at first you can hear them saying things, but eventually the shouting just becomes so... Uh, a cacophonic is, I think, the best word for it. Here it is. Now that's going to stop him, right? I mean, get out, by, ambush him as he's going into his limo and a start yelling. A dozen crazy guys yelling about, you're a New World Order traitor. I don't know. I, if there is this new world order thing, they don't know that they don't even know that the terminology I would imagine that these people use. I, I've heard this new new world order thing before. They, uh, well, you know, George well, Bush Senior the said it. They use the terms. Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean the same thing to them as it does to. No, it's definitely. I, I, there's definitely, and and here's where it gets a little bit dicey for me. I mean, I think there's definitely politicians out there who are working towards centralizing power and globalizing power. Even bankers. Uh, and it, it certainly seems like there might even businessmen, be uh, a series people. of events that they're putting into place. Like, it does seem to me that there is a plan. There's a European Union now, a South American Union that's very fragile and in its beginning stages, an African Union, and I think they are trying to create a North American Union in the long run. So I think there are a lot of rich and powerful people trying to create a, a one-world government. I just don't know that they term themselves the New World Order or the Bilderbergers. I, I don't know how constructive it is to you know use the terminology that you hear in the conspiracy crowds because I think the conspiracy crowds go way overboard and read too much into it yeah. instead of just saying you're rich and powerful people trying to create a one-world government. Right. It's bad they enough control that, people's they're, lives. that they're yeah. shouting and and just essentially turning people away because of that. But also they turn people away because they use the kind of catchphrases of the uh, the conspiracy crowd. As soon as you hear somebody shouting New World Order uh, at the top of their lungs, what else do you need to know about them? You already know, well, you know where, exactly where they're coming from, presuming you've heard this, this stuff before, as we have just over and over again. So I just wanted to share that as what I thought was just a particularly example of, uh, of poor activism. I think there's a time and a place for uh, for getting loud if the cops are actually hurting you and or hurting your friends or something like that. It makes sense to to yell and to be uh, frustrated and upset in that in that case. But if you're in the middle of a bookstore at a book signing, it's entirely inappropriate and is not going to do anything to persuade anyone who's observing. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231 and bring up whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, we would like you to support our show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. For all of three bucks a month, we'll take that money and reinvest it into Free Talk Live and get on more radio stations across the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for with uh, any major credit card or PayPal or some of our alternative options, and uh, you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast, AMP-only forum, and more. It's all there at amp.freetalklive.com. And a Dakota ring and some mouse ears. I don't know about that. Okay. But it sounds cool. <laughs> How would you like to get a non-lethal weapon into the hands of your loved ones with a stopping power that rivals that of a handgun? It's the Tiger Light. It's an incredibly bright flashlight with an integrated pepper spray. Its high level of utility comes from the fact that it is out and in your hand, unlike other weapons, and there's no expectation by the perp that you have a weapon. It's the Tiger Light. You can get one today, and you can get it personalized for your significant other for the holidays at tiger.freetalklive.com. That's tiger.freetalklive.com. You don't want to wait around too long. Christmas is getting close. All right, let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Tyrone is in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tyrone. Uh, yes, hi, this is Tyrone. How are you guys doing tonight? What's happening, dude? Uh, not too much. I've got, uh, you know... Hello? A bit, as I, and I talked to the uh, screener. Uh, I don't know if he told you, but uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a white black panther. Uh, is that right? I, I believe, like, everything that the black panthers had to say... Uh, I believe. No, wait. Know, are you talking like, about the new Black Panther Party, or are you talking about the old school Black Panther? No, no, no. Come on, no, not the new Black Panther. How dare you besmirch the Black Panther name? I am talking about the old Black Panther Party. So you're saying that? The, wait a minute. You're saying that the new with all ten points, and we need to implement them now. Ten points. The ten point plan. The ten point program. Can you give me a, uh, a, a breakdown of what? Oh, here it is. The ten point program. Uh, so, so tell me what your favorite point is of the uh, the ten points. Four. Number four. That's helpful. Could you could you rattle it off for me? We want an immediate end to all wars of aggression. Hey, I'm all in favor of that. Same here. Listen, we need this. I, I listen, but but my another big problem is is that I'm white and I have a huge problem with whiting. I cannot. Uh, so you're self hating. You're self hating white guy then. Terribly, I I I hate it. I, you, you, I know you two are white, right? I allegedly yes. Of us here. I don't answer. Uh, I, I don't answer racial questions. I feel that they're. Uh, I, I think I feel they're belittling. Well, I hate you Mark both. Is, Mark, Mark is white <laughs> though. In answer to your question, how do you know you I'm white? white? You look white to me. Well, and you're the arbiter of what's white. Yeah, in my own mind, I guess I am. Well, I can tell you that I have both uh, Hispanic and um, uh, Mongolian blood, so I am somewhat Asian and somewhat uh, Hispanic. Not do very you, much. Though. Do you only hate white people, or do you also hate other um, people? Well, not only are you two white, you also you guys sound like you're in love. I just have to say that too. That that was well. That I was mean, that's that's private. So wait, are you it's saying that you you like... hate gay people too? Hello. What are you talking about? This, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a black panther. I, I, I can't stand whitey. I, I, I'm trying to I'm, find out what it means to be a black oh, panther. Honestly, I don't know very much. I mean, you don't hear much about the black panthers de- these days. Sometimes the KKK gets a little bit of press, but very rarely. I mean, you just don't hear much about hate when you groups. hear about the black panthers, they show up to protest the KKK. 
Say again, Tyrone? I said you're asking the wrong question. I'm asking the wrong questions. I just want to know. It's my understanding that the Black Panthers are a black supremacist group, which would mean that you presumably also hate Asians and uh, and other people that are of different uh, ethnic backgrounds. Would that be true, or is it just that you hate white people? Hmm? Yeah, but you do too. Wait, what do I, what? I do what? What? You said I do too, and I asked you what? Yeah, you you, you hate the Asians, you hate the blacks, you hate what everyone evidence, else. Right? What evidence do you have of that? Because that's pretty, uh, that's pretty outrageous. Last, uh, two Thursdays ago. Your phone's messed up. We gotta let you go. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Doesn't sound like he uh, was even. I don't think he could hold the jock strap of that last crank caller. We he had was. Tonight. He was reaching. Yeah. Good try though. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. White Black Panther has. Uh, you know, it's it's a foundation to build a prank call on. But well, you, yeah, but he's just ripping be off first Dave. in it. What's, you better be right. very versed in the Black Panthers, and you, you have to have a certain deli- – it's all about the delivery with a prank call. Right. I could have – I pulled up the Wikipedia page on the Black Panthers and found the 10-point program, which is probably where was he number was – number four the same thing? Yes. That's probably where yeah, he was I, reading I, it from, I mean, too. the subject matter of that crank call earlier was r- ridiculous, but the delivery was done in such a way that it was pleasing to listen to. Yeah. And I'm not saying the guy was terrible or anything. I've certainly seen a lot worse uh, prank calls. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was a know, good try. Yeah, something like, like a five or a six, and it probably with a little bit of practice, uh, he, he might have you know pulled something off. Certainly better than those people that call in with the Arnold Schwarzenegger voiceover things from the internet where he goes, Oh, the soundboards, yeah. I am Bach. You know, or whatever. Or he just, Cleo or yeah, something like keeps that. Keeps on saying things, and they try to fit it in by absolutely. pushing the button. That doesn't work. Uh, so, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But the Black Panther, uh, Black Panther's still, I guess, kind of an interesting topic, nonetheless. It seemed like he was ripping off uh, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle, because Dave Chappelle did the the reverse joke, yeah. where he was in his skit, one of his skits, he was a black guy who was in the KKK, who was also blind. Oh, that's true. That he that's didn't how he didn't know he was black. Right, that's right. <laughs> right, it, it's it, you know it's it's hilarious. Um, that that particular skit that he did was 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 very funny. And uh, you know I've I've watched I think the, the all of the first season. Um, I, I think he does a really great job. Yeah, that was a that was a brilliant show. There's no doubt about that. You know, one of the things we were talking about here during the break was this Rand Paul character. Uh, Nick, you had some questions about him, and I've been involved in a bit of an, an internet forum. Uh, what war? Yeah, flame forum, war? Flame war, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spending uh, your time well. Couldn't oh. be calling radio stations trying to get, us, <laughs> get them to carry us. you gotta, you got to hassle the, the, the you, ultra-righties. you got to have something to do when you're on hold at the radio station, right? Uh, but but apparently somebody, one of our listeners posted a thread over on the the Ron Paul forums, Liberty Forest, I guess it's called, uh, the, formerly known as the Ron Paul forums, the, about how Free Talk Live was bashing on Rand Paul the other night when we found out through the press release that he put out on his own website that he wants to build an underground fence. I don't remember if it was an underground electric fence, but I bet he'd be in favor of that, too. Uh, wanted to build an underground fence and start building military bases near the helicopter pads. It was helicopter pads, as I recall, near the, the southern border, and that he wanted to uh, to put all the people in Guantanamo Bay into military tribunals. <laughs> I mean, this guy is bad well, news. Y- yeah, I mean, to be fair, Rom. Ron Paul also was in favor when he was campaigning of tighter enforcement of the border. 
but which I know is I don't recall him he- hearing anything about an underground fence or military tribunals for people in Guantanamo. But he wanted, um, as I recall, Rand wanted us to declare war on Afghanistan. Probably true. So, and, and to be perfectly honest, had it been done with the declaration of war, I'm I'm not sure I would have objected to Afghan the Afghan conflict. I don't I, agree know, with the way it's been carried out as a war of conquest and occupation. We're I not might even have been talking about. I that. might have agreed with you at one point, but there's uh, the 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 fact is that um there was the, we we had no reason to go to war with Afghanistan in thinking about it. But we're I mean, not not even talking about that. We're talking about the people in Guantanamo Bay, who many of them aren't even from Afghanistan. They're people that were rounded up on the streets of Pakistan by warlords that wanted to get a cash reward for bringing the U.S. government people. This bodies. Rand Paul guy calls them terrorists without ever having been convicted of anything and says, we need to put these terrorists in uh, military tribunals. I mean, it's crazy. So I was there. I'm there on the forums, and I've been doing it all day, uh, responding over there. And, of course, they they, they shoved the thread into the off-topic forum. Uh, it was originally in the Rand Paul 2010 forum, and they sidelined it as much as they possibly could because I was pointing out that I'm not I'm not interested in supporting somebody who is who doesn't even come close to being principled. And on top of that, he's no different from any of the other liberty candidates out there. But what's most amazing is the response from what, I guess, lack of a better term, Rand Paulians or Rand Paulites out there that are basically defending this guy, saying things like, well, these are minor issues. If you agree with them on 95 percent of the these are minor issues. We're talking about human beings here. We're talking about people people's lives that are being put in jeopardy by what this guy is talking about and i'm sorry i don't uh, i don't consider that a minor issue at all then one of them comes back and he says that because i pointed out some of them were saying well he's just he's just pandering because he needs to get elected in kentucky and you know those dumb rednecks in kentucky you just you have to say what you have to say and i said so what you're saying is then that he's telling lies in order to get elected are you saying that he's planning on not getting reelected that he's going to be a one term guy and that his opponents not going to point out that he lied to people in order to get elected that he's just going to well, get politicians in. politicians like to get elected all the time. Although they if do. you're trying to start a principled career, right. it's a very bad place to start if, in fact, that's what he's doing. And I know, I'm not going to support somebody that's lying. So either he's being honest and he's, an, he's a fascist or he's lying and he's really going to be all liberty-oriented. I'm not going to support a liar. And these, one of these guys said he absolutely thinks politicians should lie to get into office. <laughs> these, are, these are our friends. I don't want anything to do with you people. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. All right, so the Edgington Post Interview Series continues, and today I've got Richard McGrath from way around the world, uh, the, the Libertarian Party of New Zealand. Do I have that right, Richard? That's correct, Mark. Yes, uh, we've been a, um, a force in New Zealand, if you can put it that way, for uh, about uh, 14 or 15 years. Um, really, it was it was started by one very small group of people in Auckland, um, largely through the efforts of uh, a former broadcaster, funnily enough, mm. uh, Lindsay Perigo, who um, uh, is a well-known uh, veteran of uh, New Zealand broadcasting for probably 20 or 30 years. Um, but uh, he originally was a Marxist, and uh, his his parents, I think, were both communists, funnily enough, but um, 
he started off as a Marxist and then um, had a bit of a, an epiphany uh, when he read the works of Ayn Rand, um, which really changed him completely around from a statist into a libertarian. And uh, from that, he, he formed a political party. Uh, and we've had our ups and downs over the years, but I think we are gaining some traction here. And from reading and looking at the internet, I think libertarianism is gaining some traction um, internationally and um, certainly has been a force in America uh, for, I think, nearly 40 years. Um, I think it's catching on in other places, and um, I'm pleased to see that it's uh, it has gained some big ground in the UK uh, just lately. Well, I hope things are going better in your Libertarian Party over there than there are in, in our Libertarian Party over here. But I think that the I think you're right about the ideas of liberty really catching hold. Now, I've got uh, it recently. I read the the Heritage Foundation puts out a uh, an annual report on sort of the most fiscally uh, free places in the world, and Hong Kong always wins. The United States is always somewhere around. I, I guess we were at number six this year, but we've been as low as thirteen. But there was a surprise, a surprising entry at number five, um, and it was New Zealand. And I'm just wondering, you know, like, what, what's it like there on the ground as far as, uh, I mean, you know, the, the Heritage Foundation says you guys have gotten more free from a fiscal standpoint. Is that true? Uh, yes, in a lot of ways. It, um, I have looked at that Heritage um, Index, and I, I gather it's based on um, 10 um, separate uh, sort of components um, from which they they uh, create an overall score. In some aspects, New Zealand is doing quite well. I think both the mainstream political parties have um, embraced the idea of free trade and um, have been actively um, seeking free trade agreements with countries. Um, uh, and that has, I think, improved um, from even uh, 10 years ago. I think uh, when people can... Um, uh, when both political parties are, are pro-free trade, that's good. And some other aspects, um, uh, freedom from corruption, I think we're the, regarded as the least corrupt country in the world. I think uh, wow. the political process here is very transparent. Um, in terms of property rights, uh, the Libertarians Party in New Zealand would um, probably take some umbrage with that. We, we're settled with um, a, an act of parliament called the Resource Management Act, which... Um, does hamper uh, property rights um, significantly um, in terms of what you can do with your own land. Um, uh, and it has eroded property rights and uh, the capacity for um, entrepreneurs to, to develop land and to, um, and to and from that to employ people. Um, other aspects of the, the Index of Economic Freedom um, uh, size of government, uh, that's another concern for our party. The, the, the size of the state increased by 30% under the last um, Labour government left-wing uh, or left-leaning um, government of Helen Clark. Uh, there, were massive, uh, there was massive spending on, the, on enlarging the public service and we're um, distressed to um, see that the, the Despite a change of government, the, the new administration is not keen to downsize back to um, uh, where the government used to be, and so they've. Uh, oh, they, they've they don't do that. This, this. Oh, I'm sorry, Richard. Uh, the, yeah, what, once a government program's in place, it doesn't matter who it is; they're never going to get rid of it. 
Yes, yes, and we've just uh, seen that um, in the last few days uh, there was a report um, commissioned by the government on how New Zealand might um, be able to better compete with Australia um, economically because there has been a um, a steady flow of uh, the best and brightest over to Australia. We're trying to compete in terms of uh, tax rates and uh, and other things that attract people to to emigrate to other countries. Um, and uh, there was a brilliant report put out by um, a former leader of the National Party, Don Brash, um, but the uh, the current national government, his own party, um, won't take really take any of those measures aboard. There were things like um, abolishing minimum wage laws, um, vastly lowering the tax rates and cutting back the size of the public service, but the, unfortunately the current government aren't really interested in implementing any of those recommendations. Yeah, well, yeah, it, I guess it doesn't show up as a surprise uh, surprise to me. Um, now, have you guys um, there in the Libertarian Party have you managed to get anyone in elected to any any of the uh, uh, you know the government uh, agencies or anything over there? No, we've um, we've concentrated our efforts in the um, general elections. We haven't um, haven't really made any push into local body, um, uh, you know. Uh, city elections and um, and smaller provincial um, sort of councils, uh, but I think that will come in the future. Probably the, the main problem is that our numbers have been quite low. We've had enough um, to be able to stand a, a several candidates at um, uh, in the general election. There's about 120 seats in Parliament here, so they're. Uh, probably electorates of about 40,000 people. We can usually stand um, one person in each of those. I guess one advantage we have over the United States in terms of um, entering elections is it's very easy over here. It doesn't uh, cost really anything. I think it costs $500 to um, put your name on the ballot. You don't have to have um, thousands of signatures or big money behind you to, um, to register as a political party or to stand. So that's one very big advantage we have over here. Sure is. It sure is. It's very difficult in the United States, uh, in a lot of places, for libertarians to get on the ballot at all. So I'm, I, you know, that 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 is a big advantage. Oh, indeed. And uh, yeah, we've uh, we have uh, stood people in the um, elections here probably for the last four or five. We did have one um, very major setback. We'd. Uh, uh, our party secretary forgot to uh, register our, um, uh, our standing at the election. Uh, he was a couple of hours late, I think, getting the paperwork, and so we we missed out on really standing in one election, which um, uh, set us back, and we really had to wait another three years before we could, um, uh, you know, before our name was out there again. So where do you see the Libertarian Party in New Zealand going? Do you see New Zealand getting, um, you know, the the size of government there at least growing on a smaller pace than um, than the rest of the world's governments seem to be? Or um, do you see the Libertarian Party being in a a role in that? I think we'll always have a voice um, uh, in the political scene here. We are a little bit worried. The, the current Prime Minister, John Key, um, leader of the National Party, has um, expressed in the past some libertarian-type sentiments, but um, I think he's, uh, he's influenced to a large extent by his Minister of Finance, who um, has socialist leanings, so it's going to be very difficult for him to, um, despite his 
um, uh, more conservative leanings to, to really alter the political landscape here very much and to reform, to do some of the, the things that they're doing. Um, uh, so it's, it's difficult to know um, where New Zealand will be in five years' time. Um, in some respects, the um, things are being liberalised here. In some respects, things are getting worse. So um, I guess time will tell. The government is um, riding a, a wave of popularity. I think they, there was an election tomorrow. They would gain an outright majority. We have a proportional representation system here, which means most um, parties that form a government have to um, form a coalition with, with one or two other minor parties, and that's what's happened this time. The um, National Party government is uh, more or less in coalition with uh, a Maori party, which is a race-based party of um, so-called indigenous people. Ah. Um, and so every every major policy that goes through, the government has to defer to the Maori party and um, run it past them. So it's a little bit like the tail wagging the dog. Yeah, it sounds like uh, I, I, we don't, I don't have anything. We don't have anything like that around here in the United States. Maybe in uh, in a Hawaii or something like that, but I'm, you know, I, I couldn't say for sure. So, what kind of outreach do you you guys do besides running candidates? Um, how do you tell people about the the Libertarian Party of New Zealand? Um, yes, we a little bit limited. We do put out press statements. Um, that's probably our main exposure is, is through the media that way. And I think um, even if uh, a lot of the public probably never see those, the, the politicians do. And I think that's where we've... Um, it's it's more or less invisible, but I think it does make a difference. It, um, it's it's always gratifying to, um, to know from what politicians are saying that they have actually taken aboard some of our ideas. Even the Maori Party that I was referring to earlier, yeah. we came out with a, uh, a policy of um, not taxing the first $50,000 of income, and within a few weeks, the Maori Party had come out with a policy of not taxing the first $30,000, so we would like to think that we were responsible for uh, at least one of their policies. Um, Sounds like it's so possible. We can, uh, it, it's almost a process of osmosis if it can diffuse into the uh, uh, political consciousness. Um, eventually, someone will take up at least a few of our ideas, and uh, and they'll be uh, broadcast that way to the general public. Do you, does the press over there um, largely ignore the Libertarian Party there, too, like ours does? I've heard in England that they the Libertarian Party gets uh, a, a certain amount of uh, you know press coverage. How, how is it in New Zealand? Uh, we do get um, a little bit, but uh, it, it's isolated um, journalists really um, watching our moves. We we have got, there's one fairly high-profile journalist in New Zealand who used to be the deputy leader of Libertarians um, years back, and she still, um, she will she keeps an eye on us, I think, and, and uh, occasionally we get reported by her, but uh, nothing really in the mainstream media except um, locally where I live. Um, I live in a small town of about 20,000 people. Um, I'm a a doctor here, so I have a, a reasonably um, sort of raised profile in the community. So yeah. anything I say, if I put out a press statement, it often in, ends up in the local paper. So uh, I think that has helped my chances locally quite a bit. But um, around the country, we very rarely make the press. We did uh, we did make the um, main paper in Wellington, our capital city, a few years ago when one of our members refused to fill in his census form and was taken to court. 
And uh, you, you couldn't buy that sort of publicity. That was fantastic. We were sort of page three news um, daily for a couple of weeks, um, and he ended up uh, getting a, a conviction in the court, and um, the rest of us chipped in and paid his fine. But I think in the end he did have to fill his uh, census papers in. Well, you but know, it was I, great publicity for us. Yes, civil disobedience has, um, you know, has quite a place, and and it really can get, if done well, can get uh, garner some good press. Obviously, there's always going to be people that are, uh, you know, second guessing what you do, but I, I think there's real value to it. Yeah, I think there's there's different ways you can um, get your name known. I think the uh, some of the they're almost stunts, the civil disobedience type of actions. Um, that sort of thing um, does get noticed and reported, but uh, uh, I think you've just got to be clever about the way you um, uh, do those things, what um, what you choose to do. And uh, I think a lot of the... the um, for instance, we had a billboard uh, at the general election last year, and earlier that year a, a law against smacking children had come in, so... Um, my main stunt last year for the election was holding up a huge billboard at the major intersection in town here with legalized smack um, written <laughs> in huge letters and uh, got an enormous amount of support and waves and, uh, you know, horns blowing and uh, people smiling and stopping. So I think you've just got to pick uh, what you do and do it well. Makes perfectly good sense. So um, I guess I'm, I, you know, I'm... I, I kind of wonder, you know, it seems like the world is moving more and more towards uh, liberty in some ways. In other ways, governments keep on growing. And, you know, I just never know, uh, you know, what the right solution is. Um, here in the United States, we have this idea, and, I'm, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's something that uh, might work in New Zealand, too. It's called the Free State Project. Um, we try to get 20,000 people to move to one state in the United States and um, to, you know, concentrate their activities there. You know, real activists that are they're doing things and, the, you know, by the very fact that they, they pick up and move, they're going to be more active just because they've committed to doing something like that. Um, have you guys ever thought of, of trying to concentrate your efforts in one particular area? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty... Um Ambitious sort of project that one. I've, I've followed that uh, a couple of years. I haven't looked at that online uh, for several months, but um, I gather they chose New Hampshire and um, have sort of tried to populate that state. Um, but uh, we haven't quite got plans for anything um, of that scale here. We thought we would concentrate our efforts in terms of uh, voting at the next election on the electorate that I'm in, um, seeing firstly that I'm leader of our party, and secondly, I've probably got the highest profile of any of our um, members within Makes um, sense. this community. Uh, but, uh, no, the Free State Project was a, a great idea, and uh, I uh, I haven't really um, followed it lately, but uh, I, I wondered how they were doing and, and whether um, the numbers were still... Um, um, picking up there. Well, the numbers are going up. They're not going up as quickly as I'd like them to. Hopefully, if I can uh, get if I get my way with the leadership of the Free State Project, they're going to go up very quickly here in the future, because I'm going to institute a new campaign to get uh, p- people to sign up. Uh, kind of taking a different approach, but you know, I, it's it it is a big commitment for people to pick up and move their lives um, to one particular state. And they did. It's it's not like they picked Tahiti, you know, um, to for the Free State Project. They picked. They picked a relatively cold place. So. Yes. The, the other state I thought might have been suitable was um, Wyoming, uh, as it's very underpopulated, and 20,000 people would have made a, 
significant difference there. That would be about 5% of the population, I think. Yeah, the, the Wyoming has its own free state project that uh, that they they started for themselves, and some of the Westerners didn't want to come, come out east. And I hear that they've got, uh, you know, hundreds of people that have signed up to move, and, and dozens of them have, and they're all kind of living in one particular geographic area. And I hope them. I hope the very best for them. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I I decided New Hampshire was the right place, but yes, that's that's great. Well, I'm I'm pleased to hear that there's a, a second one going on, and uh, who knows, it might catch on uh, to other states. Yep, it sounds like a good idea. So uh, people shouldn't. Uh, you're not recommending that Americans should pick up and move to to New Zealand for liberty. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's, I think that's already happening, Mark. Is um, it really? I've heard reports of uh, yes, of people uh, moving over here. Um, I've had emails from people that have uh, upped um, all routes in the United States and, um, and settled here. And I think um, most of them are actually finding uh, life a lot easier here in some ways. How so? Um, the government's still there in the background, but um, um, I think... Um, uh, economically, I think in terms of the recession, I, I feel that New Zealand is probably going to um, come out of as ahead of uh, other places, maybe the US and certainly the United Kingdom. Um, I think um, at least there's a uh, um, there is the, the pre sort of uh, business um, side of things, the economic freedom, as you referred to earlier, um, that the Heritage Foundation were looking at. Yeah. To be able to, um, for people to be able to settle down and, and um, find jobs and open businesses. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think we will come out of it um, earlier than a lot of other countries. Well, I'll tell you, I find it very alluring, and um, you know, maybe one day I'll come over and uh, pay you a visit there in New Zealand. <laughs> but uh, I thank oh, you for a beautiful be- place. Yeah, I thank you for being on. Uh, R- that's Richard McGrath from uh, the Libertarian Party of New Zealand. Thanks for having me, Mark. Thank you, sir.